Hey, you love the show, right? Show off that love with a shirt from LoisRules.com or get your gimmick at BoxAgimmicks.com, the official store of What Happened When. Posters, hats, tumblers, accessories, and more. BoxAgimmicks.com. Well, it's happening. The holidays are finally here, as if 2020 couldn't get any more stressful. Of course, by now, we're all used to it. This Friday, typically people go out and spend money they don't have on things they don't need, all in the name of holiday cheer. It's called Black Friday for a reason. RIP to your credit card debt. Am I right? I read a while back that the average family puts Christmas on a credit card and it takes about six months to pay it off. Uh-uh. There's got to be a better way than that. Don't get stuck making minimum payments and make this a new year's resolution. Go to savewithconrad.com right now. We're going to show you how to get a lower monthly payment and get rid of all your credit card debt. Just like that. And you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket to do this, but maybe best of all, you get to skip your single biggest bill. That's right. No house payments in December or in January. You're done until February 1st. And of course, come February, you're going to have the best mortgage you ever had. I'm talking a lower monthly payment, a much better interest rate. And best of all, we're going to show you how to pay your house off faster and do it with cheaper monthly payments. Find out how much money you can save right now for free. We're licensed in more than 40 states. You don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket. And if we can't save you cash, we won't waste your time. So what are you waiting for? Find out how much money you can save for free and make this the best Christmas ever at savewithconrad.com. And remember when you go to savewithconrad.com, you're dealing with me. You can even send me an email conrad at savewithconrad.com or give us a call 888-425-0105. But the surefire way to make it happen for your family is savewithconrad.com. NMLS number 65084 equal housing lender. Save with Conrad.com. The most hated jeweler in America is excited to introduce you to someone very special. She's beautiful, classy, and she's brilliant. She will dazzle you. People can't stop staring at her. Meet Krista. She is easy. Wait, what did I just say? Yes, yeah, she's easy. Krista is Steven Singer's most loved engagement ring and takes the stress and guesswork out of finding the perfect ring. A bright white, 100% Eye flawless, near colorless, high quality, round, brilliant cut diamond, expertly set into a classic solitaire Tiffany setting that will withstand the tests of time. Krista is available. She's ready for love and ready to meet you. Steven Singer isn't in the jewelry business, he's in the love business. This magnificent, full, one carat, round, brilliant cut diamond is only $31.98. Real jewelry doesn't have to be expensive. Plus, free shipping and 12 months interest-free financing. Stephen's showroom is open by appointment only, or go now to IHateStevenSinger.com and click on the Krista Ready for Love engagement ring. Stephen Singer Jewelers, real jewelry, real experts for your real love. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Jim Crockett for 
Arcade, 605 NWA, TV title, Cajun Omni, the Bunkhouse Stampede, Flair and Horseman, Garvin, Bogey, Magnum, Dusty, Express Tag Team, Turner, Bond, and Mid-South Joy World Championship Wrestling. Talking about the great years of World Championship Wrestling, the NWA and Jim Rocket Promotions. Tony and Friends North, they win, look, Shivani's back again, World Title Split, Off Center Stage, Bischoff, Disney, Hogan, and Nitro, New World Order, and The Crow, Thunder Russo, Arquette Champ, Vinny Mac, Simulcast, Tony's back with Conrad, Not Your Classy Podcast, Watch Along, Try Not To Laugh, Lois Rules, Cat Bass, This Wasn't The Initial Plan, Tom Ziggs, A Good Looking Man, Quandike Bill, Make A Chip, Tommy, You Come Over Here! Hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to What Happened When? With the voice of your childhood, Tony Schiavone. Tony, what's going on, man? How are you? Hey, Conrad. Happy holidays to you, buddy. I can't believe we made it as far as Thanksgiving week. You thought by now 2020 would be over? I I thought we'd all be dead. Oh, well, a lot of us are, Tony. Way to get us down, you know, to start the (laughs) show today. I was sorry. Sorry. I'm just not, as you know, I'm not that optimistic about anything, the anything. future. Thank life. you. I was, I was looking for the word, but you, you gave it to me again. Anything. I'm not optimistic about it. I'm not an optimistic person. I don't know why I'm like that. And I was talking to a very close friend of mine, Margaret, and she said, you have so much to be thankful for. And I said, yeah, I do. I really do. And I do. And I hope everybody else is. Uh, I wish I was a little bit more positive about the world, but I am positive about the fact that I can join you every week and take a look at some classic professional wrestling. Well, about that, I feel like we should go ahead and address it at the top of the show. We do have a, uh, you know, you were sort of alluding to it that I'm a little pessimistic and blah, blah, blah. We, We have announced that we've. We've signed our renewal for Westwood one, but we do have an announcement at the end of the show about the future of what happened when, what happened when, what happened one, what happened when, and, and two, the future of the show, uh, as we move forward. But before we get to that news, which is going to be pretty devastating to some, uh, go ahead. Sorry. I, I don't like to, I don't like to begin our Thanksgiving week, uh, alluding to a devastating news to some, but well, anyway, let's, let's go on and do the show and maybe we'll anyway. All right. We should mention first too, this is the first time we're, we're taking a stab at doing video with the show. Uh, so if you haven't already check it out over at adfreeshows.com, And of course we're going to get it over on patreon.com forward slash WHW Monday, but there will be a video version of our podcast today. And of course, because it's Thanksgiving week, well, it's a tradition, not only for the old NWA, but for WHW here, we're going to watch a Starcade today, Tony Starcade 1985. Just last week, we watched the build for this show with the hard times promo from dusty roads. And Tony, I got a ton of great feedback about that show. I think fans really dig us going back and watching the old stuff. Great friend of the show, Jim Valley, who, uh, maybe we don't talk about enough here on the show. He's turned a corner in a major way. He kicked out at two and three quarters. 
and he is on the mend. Uh, but Jim Valley is the guy who was on stage with you that fateful day in Charlotte, North Carolina at the university Hilton hotel, when you reintroduced Tony Schiavone to the wrestling world and you, uh, inspired me to reach out to you to do a podcast. And here we are. And now, uh, Jim Valley is on the mend and listening to the show. So shout out to Jim and he's still uh, raising money on GoFundMe. by the way, I guess we should mention he has a. Uh, an immune disease. He got pneumonia and it looks like he was going to be down for the count in a major way. Uh, and, and he was been in the hospital now for months, but he's finally pulling it together, but he needs our help. So let's pull together for him over at uh, GoFundMe. Isn't that right? Yeah. Jim Valley is a good friend and a good guy. You and I, if you'll recall, had uh, dinner with him Yep, in Las Vegas and, uh, it's funny that, uh, he was, uh, listening into, to our routine, which is to give each other shit 24 yep. seven. And he was just, I remember looking at him over there, just, just smiling. And I wasn't sure if he was just smiling at our routine or just drunk. I wasn't sure. Maybe both, but maybe yeah, both. a little bit of both, but, uh, Jim's a good guy. He's, he's one of the best. He's uh, very involved in the cauliflower alley club. As many of you may know. And I've tried to help him out during this time. And I'm going to help him out some more because he means a lot to me and he, he should mean a lot to, uh, some, uh, some wrestling fans out there as well. He means a lot to both of us, Conrad. So yeah, uh, it, that's, that's a good way to start this show. I, I, I started out being pessimistic and now I feel much better, uh, as we're talking about Jim much better. Well, I'm going to ruin your mood later this week because you and I are going to sit down and watch the heroes of wrestling pay-per-view, which has been widely regarded as the worst pay-per-view in history. It unfortunately is the show where, uh, well, Jake Roberts had an incident that people still talk about. Right. And, uh, well, it happened in a Mississippi casino and it was on pay-per-view. I think that probably tells the whole story, but we're going to have a lot of fun watching it later this week over on adfreeshows.com. And of course we've got a couple of bonus episodes dropping over at patreon.com forward slash WHW Monday. So I say all that to say, since most people are not going to be out and about doing black Friday shopping and it's online and you're going to be stuck at home with your family members, uh, maybe it's time to, uh, jump on and see a little bonus content for me and Tony. Yeah. There's good news out of that bonus content too. We're talking about kicking out that Jake Roberts has kicked out. Oh, absolutely. Since that time. So that's good news as well. So. There's positive spins on everything that we're doing. Look at you, just, glass half full motherfucker. That changed yeah. in 10 minutes. What's going on over there? Uh, well, my life is going on. I have, a, I have a great life. Wonderful life. Great life. Right, wait, is this going to be like the Tony Schiavone version of it's a wonderful life. And in a minute, Britt Baker and, uh, Reba come in. Uh, I wish. Okay. I don't know where to go from that. That was a little awkward. I really, I really love the, those two girls. Hey, do you think you could convince Reba to do like a Mariah Carey? All I want for Christmas is you, her lip syncing and dancing around on a music video for you, Tony Schiavone. Can we make that happen? You think? Yeah, I think so. I think she's, I think she's up for something like that. She's a good person. And, uh, How how do you think Lois would feel about Reba doing a song like that for you? Uh, Lois is, does not realize what's going on in the world. No, we know that. I mean, we know what yeah, she watches. Yeah. Actually, uh, I, I do have to say that, uh, 
since the first part of November, uh, she has uh, decided to uh, abandon the news. <laughs> I wonder why. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, is watching Netflix and doing and doing exactly like I do. And that is if you don't, and I don't watch the news. I don't watch ESPN. I have no idea what's going on and I don't. And I just watch, like I watched the Mandalorian yesterday, the, the fourth episode of the fifth episode of the second season, been watching the crown on Netflix. I, I don't get on the internet. I don't get on social media. I don't read anything at all. I just find out things, bits and pieces by what people tell me, for instance, I was doing a, a Georgia game uh, this past week in which on you, Saturday. In which you barely beat the, Mississippi, the hapless Mississippi. Mississippi State Bulldogs. Yeah. My goodness, you should be ashamed. They're not that hapless, okay. They're two and uh, fucking five, Tony. They're not that. Compared to, compared to Alabama, everybody's hapless, okay? okay? Okay, that's fair. All right. But they're not that hapless. And got a new quarterback, and we're like halfway through uh the broadcasts, and I heard uh, our announcer, Scott Howard, say the number 13 Georgia Bulldogs. And I went, oh, we're number 13 now. Well, to everybody in the broadcast booth and everybody following Georgia football, that's common knowledge. Uh, you On Sunday, you, you, get the, you get the rankings, and you t- I, I don't know because I don't keep up with it. I don't. It's so amazing to me that you did this through WCW and now with the Bulldogs. Things are happening in your company and you don't care and you don't pay any attention. You, sir, if nothing no. else, you're consistent with your Shivani. No, I, I do, look, see, I, I do care. You I didn't care even know broadcast. where your team was ranked. You don't have, if you're, if you're producing the broadcast, you, you make sure it sounds right. You make sure you get on the air. You make sure the commercials are done. You make sure the quality of the broadcast is good. That's what you care about. You care about your job. Where the dogs rank has nothing to do with my job as far as the, the day-to-day operation of it. So you don't care what the match rankings are in the observer for AW. You don't even care what the ratings are for AW because that's not oh, your no, job. I do. I, I do. Well, I do no, no. That. Hang yeah. on now. Well, hang on now. Ratings and where the team is ranked, same, same. And you yep, don't give a shit no, about I, any of that. That's not your job. Your job is to make sure Jim Ross has a positive affirmation. That's exactly right, JR. And then just look mm-hmm. pretty. Right. With your little CZ middle of the mall shit. Right. Yeah. In a nutshell, that's me. That's exactly that's right. JR. It's a good life. Why, uh, why, why, why ruin it? Okay. And then, you know, th- then, then I'll come out of Wednesdays after hanging out with JR and Excalibur and Tony Khan and the Cody and the EVPs and, and Brit and Reba and, uh, Thunder Rosa. And my, all my friends, uh, I mean, I butcher and blade and Nyla, all my buddies there, Sammy Jericho. Anyway, I, after hanging out with all my buddies, I'll, I'll, I'll be perked up and I'll be feeling good. And then I'll come home and I'll get down. And then on the weekends, I will hook in with you, you rat soup eating motherfucker. And I'll, uh. I'll get down even more. Now you're saying like, get down with your bad self. Or are you get saying get down, you get, get down, you get down, get down. That's for cooling the gang. Or so are you saying that kind of get down or are you just, you're depressed because you live with Lois? Uh, in a nutshell, that's pretty close to the, to the truth here. So 
Well, you know, you're allowed to come visit over here. I can't do that. Why? Cause I'm, I'm, um, I've, I've aged out of that group. Wait, hang on. Do you realize my mother-in-law's over here? Yeah. And if you're thinking what I'm thinking, I'm just no. saying wouldn't be the first time you and flair, you know, look, this is, this is Eskimo brothers right here. Oh, Jesus. I don't you think it's time that we get to the gathering. I'm, I'm waiting on it. Starcade no, 85. No, you, no, you, no, don't tell me you're waiting on it. Cause you just keep, you keep opening up cans of worms and giving me shit. Oh, by the way, speaking of open up cans. Oh, here we go. Are you going to talk about Thanksgiving cans? No, I'm not. Okay. But I am going to tell you the fact that I went downstairs this past week after I came back from Jacksonville yep. and looking for something to eat mm. because we're in the mood. We're in the uh, part of our life now that unless I uh, order out with Uber Eats or Grubhub or take Lois out to eat, we're not going to have anything for dinner. And I went downstairs looking for something to eat and we had nothing with the exception of we had a loaf of wonder bread and I opened up the pantry and what was in the pantry. Thanks to my buddy, Paul Bromwell. Oh, a bunch of stupid ass potted meat and cans of spam. You had a spam sandwich. I had a spam sandwich with JR's mustard and it was wonderful. You know, it was absolutely wonderful. I'm hurt right now on the inside where it counts because you set me up. First of all, you said Paulie Bromwell's name, which is just a go-to, Hey, let's, let's shit on that guy. Mm-hmm. And then number two, you said wonder bread. And I'm, I'm over here fucking wringing my hands out. And then you say spam. And I'm like, this is what I've been waiting on. And then you tell me you put JR's mustard on it. Now I can't shit on it. Mm. Got to try it. I'm telling you, listen, that is a testament to J- Jim fucking Ross, Jim F and Ross, as you guys say on, on the graphic on dynamite, go to jrsbbq.com, Ladies and gentlemen, it will even make spam edible. Mm. That's where it is. If it can make spam taste good, imagine what it could do to your non hobo food. Go check out the main event mustard over at jrsbbq.com. And then when you're done with that, fire up the WWE network, pull up Starcade 1985. It went down on November 28th, 1985. I can't believe this is a real thing. Tony, God dang 35 years ago. Where does the time go? It once upon a time was your Thanksgiving night tradition. Of course, as we're talking today, it is Thanksgiving Eve. Uh, but let's have a little fun, Tony. We've got two hours and 52 minutes and 52 seconds ahead of us. You want to go ahead and get that stupid commercial out of the way. I can't believe we're having to watch commercials on a pay service, but here we are. And then, uh, go ahead and mute it. And Tony's going to give you a countdown. Tony, I want to give you a quick heads up. If we track it this week at all, you will hear the tracking on the audio of the podcast. You will not hear the tracking on the video. So when I yell track it, if you're watching this on video for the first time over at adfreeshows.com, you need to unmute your own. Uh, and that that's going to be something we'll try to figure out moving forward, but bear with us as this is our very first video and, uh, the track, it will not work on the video, but it will work on your audio. Just like it always has. 
Mm. Tony, let's get a little help from our friends. Let's get a little bit of a countdown going. Okay, let's bring in uh, one of our uh, wonderful friends to give us a countdown for this wonderful show from Thanksgiving 1985. Hello, this is Adam from Alabama. Brand new glass bottom boat rider member, but long time slap dick. Just wanted to give the quick countdown. Three, two, one, play. How about the open here? I love these old school graphics, Tony. Yeah, I do too. And this was the opening for the Starcade update, but they put a box in it and you saw the update flying behind it. I did. And <laughs> so they just, now let's just use a Starcade update open and we'll put a box and cover that update up. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I, I know those girls. Well, you knew the girl in the gold dress. Yeah. That's Kathy. Who's Kathy. Uh, Kathy was, uh, I'm still friends with Kathy on Facebook. And who was Kathy? She was just, uh, one of the girls that came to wrestling all the time. Okay. Okay. See, I, I knew you were going to try to get more out of that, but here Bob Cottle and I are, and we are in Atlanta and we're going to do a, an on camera here at the ring. You look, you're both here to talk about term life. <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, God, I wish I was that skinny. I guess I could get that skinny again. No, you don't uh, want to be. So anyway, I, uh, we, we did the commentary. We would, we would leave here and we would go back into a, uh, one of the locker rooms and do the, uh, do the commentary back there for the whole show. And later on at the end of the show, you'll see Bob and I back in the locker room where we, we, we spent the, uh, entire, it, it's been the only time that ever, Oh, look at that. Johnny Weaver. Look at those marks on his forehead. Yeah. You think he's seen a blade or two in his day? Oh my God. Johnny just can't stop looking at himself in the monitor there. As it, you can tell his forehead looks like one of those little, uh, feng shui little gimmicks that you see executives have where they just rake the sand on their desk. That's what his fucking forehead looks like. But I guess somebody was raking their hand through the sand. It was yeah. Jim Crockett promotions. Yeah, boy, it was. So anyway, uh, we're doing that and, uh, we're going back and forth between Atlanta and, uh, Oh, hold that camera straight, please. And there you go. Uh, back and forth between Atlanta and Greensboro. Uh, of course, Atlanta and Greensboro, both were traditional Thanksgiving days. Uh, let's frame up Johnny a little bit better than that, please. <laughs> there, thank you very much. <laughs> it looked like we were waiting on a box to pop up over his shoulder. Like he was a, right. reporting live from the final four. <laughs> oh, I God. love looking at the old primitive stuff. You know, it's not just looking at nostalgic wrestling. It's Americana. I mean, look at the, the way people are dressed, the facial expressions, mm -hmm. the primitive microphones, the lighting, mm -hmm. the hairstyles. Yeah. And now trucking Tom Miller, God trucking. bless him. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and, uh, track a little bit of this. Here we go. 85, the gathering. Ladies and gentlemen, we ask that you now stand for the playing of our national anthem. How great is it that we heard the feedback and then, you know, there's this long, awkward pause and then, okay, now we're going to do the national anthem. Y'all be sure to stand up and cover up the camera shot. <laughs> we just, 
this this was about as raw a production as you're going to get, and a, and we'll take a handheld so it won't be able to hold steady. <laughs> Here's my point, boys and girls out there on the indie scene, do your best. That's all you can do. Right. Do your best. Yeah. Over the years, people have been pretty critical of indie promotions who try to run internet pay-per-view and they complain about this or that. And it's because people were spoiled by WWE production. This ladies and gentlemen is the NWA two years prior to this. This was the biggest wrestling organization in the world. And now Vince McMahon has had a thing to say about that. And he certainly changed production, but this is what it used to look like boys and girls. So don't be too overly critical when you're just doing your best. Well, people are going to be overly critical, uh, especially online because they're chicken dicks behind their own, uh, keyboards. That's, that's kind of rough language for Thanksgiving. Yeah. Well, okay. Turkey dicks. I'm so glad you said it because son, we have buried the lead. Uh, I guess it was this time a year ago. We really got busy on (laughs) hand turkey dicks. Oh, and now we have made it an entire calendar year and it's in the rearview mirror. And if you think we're not talking about hand turkey dicks all day today, you don't even know what happened when I just like to say that I have a color. I have pants, the same color as Tom Miller's tux. What color that would you color, call that? That, that? that color is wild geranium. That's not a real color. Oh yeah, it is. I'm colorblind. Describe wild geranium as another color. Salmon. Hmm. Uh, dark pink. If you're colorblind, you won't understand all any of these kind of a off red. I wore my wild geranium pants at, to the football game Saturday. And of course, just like everybody in my life, look at that. We're, we're on a very, very nice static, dark shot here. Bring up the lights. Where the fuck are we? Where? Hey. Hey, come on. What are we doing? Somebody screaming in the truck right now. Jimmy Crockett going crazy. So anyway, I wore the salmon pants, uh, the wild geranium pants, and I got, got a lot of shit for it. Uh, as I, I felt like I was on an episode of what happened when. All right, there we go. Thank you. All right. Whew, thank God we got off that dark shot. There's Kathy again. Hey, Kathy. Hey, Kathy. Oh, and that other girl, I knew her too. She was a, uh, what was her name? Tammy. I can't remember. They always dressed up and sat at ringside. All right. This is, uh, anytime Tom Miller is, uh, announcing doing the ring announcing, we are in Greensboro, I believe. And then I think I'm trying to remember, uh, Roger, who was the guy? We'll see him here in a minute. Uh, who was an old, uh, Vern Gagne guy. Mm. Is it Roger Dean? Was he an announcer in the, in mm. AEW? AEW. Ro- uh, AEW. Uh, sorry. AEW. AEW. Uh, Roger something. You'll Google him here in a minute. We'll get his name. Uh, great story about him, but here, what? Uh, Sam Houston, buddy and Crusher cruise chef gonna. What about Roger Kent? Roger Kent. That's right. Thank you. Roger Kent, I believe was the ring announcer, uh, for, well, look at that crowd, man. He died in 2014. Did he really? What was the finish on that guy? Uh, uh, rear naked chokehold, I guess. I don't know. Uh, look at Sonny Fargo, who is our referee. 
in this wide shot here in Yeller. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I feel like he's, is that curious George right there? <laughs> he's also going to paint your house a little bit later. He's, he's, he's going to be the, the lead guy to walk in and sell you a paint job and then have the, uh, and then have the other guys come in and paint your house for you. Uh, here we go, man. Sam and crusher. Uh, I liked Barry Darso a lot. I, I don't know if there was any guy who had more gimmicks uh, than that. And there's your mid-Atlantic championship belt. Let me just go ahead and tell you too. That son of a gun is not even pretending to have a Russian accent on this show. No, he never did. It's just amazing to me that Nikita Koloff committed to the gimmick that he was trying to use it around the boys. Meanwhile, this guy, he didn't even pretend. No. Nikita even changed his name from Scott Simpson to Nikita S. Koloff legally went through the channels and paid for it to have his name changed. And that is his real name. I remember talking to crusher back then. I remember saying, how do we, uh, how do we explain that you can speak English? And he said, well, I grew up in Russia. Uh, and then we moved to the United States and I learned English and he came to some sort of lame thing. So, so we went with it, but Barry was very, uh, anyway, anyway, one of the, one of the good guys really was, I remember going, uh, we were on the road. I don't know where we were, Jesus and TV show. And I went in and Barry was in a room and he, he said, come on up and have a beer with me. And I said, okay. And so I waited quite a while and I'm going to be honest. I don't know what time of night or morning it was. And I walked in and Barry had all these bottles of empty beer lined up in his hotel room around the TV, around the desk, on the sill of the window. And I said, how many of these have you drunk tonight? He said 42. Oh yeah. There you go. Yeah. That's what I said. I said, bullshit. He said, no, I did. I've, I've drunk for you. He said, count them. I said, somebody else. No, he said, no, I've, I, I said, okay. I mean, these guys are big and strong, you know, but 42 fucking beers. That's a lot of beers. That's a lot of beers, but you know, big old boys, strong boys from Minnesota, man. They, they cold days, cold nights. They just warm up with all the beers. Hey, do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work. I know it is here, but you know, what's easy bundling policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowners or renters insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home, just like we do. Go to Geico.com, get a quote, and see how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. Did not know that for a long time. But this was back. Uh, what were you more shocked to hear? That Sam Houston was related to Jake Roberts? Or the Barry Darsaw wasn't really from Mother Russia. Uh, I was more shocked to hear that Sam Houston was in love with Baby Doll. Did he have? Did and he they, need a stepladder? Do you think they were they were having a thing? <laughs> if you had to guess, was Baby Doll a night shitter? Uh, I I don't know. We should mention this because night shitter is a new shirt over at lowestrules.com. Yeah. Can you believe that's a real thing? Yeah, I can believe it's a real thing. And I, I do need to say something about that. About night shitting? Yes. 
Okay. I didn't you know and, you had an announcement. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of an announcement and it's kind of weird. You and I, uh, had a long discussion about, uh, taking a shit at night. Yeah. And we talked about that. You were the guy who did it in the mornings. I'm a morning shitter and I'm a, I'm a night one right before I go to bed. Sure. Uh, however, Uh-oh. as soon as we said that you had the shit. very next day, I got up and I had to shit and you know what they call that Conrad dust. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. You, it you, you, uh, you talked me into it. Yep. I talked you into the seat. And, so you, I, and out uh, of your ass came something 18 inches long. Yes. I don't, uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I think that was just kind of like a one-off. I don't know, but anyway, Oh, you have a morning and, shit since you're still an no. evening shooter. That was just a one-off yeah. one-off. Yeah. Wow. I was hoping for at least a trilogy. Mm, no. So what do you think of this match so far? I think we're seeing it. <laughs> it's it's okay. I, I mean, mean I, I like this leg thing over to the corner. I mean, that was a cool thing. How about the way Gary Darso decides to call spots? Have you noticed? He leans his face all the way in against his body, and then he covers his hands. <laughs> and everybody else thinks he's just saying a little prayer for Mother Russia, but really he's saying, kick me in the face. You know, fans, it, it, this is a, this is the era man where fans bought everything. Sam Houston looks like Shawn Michaels cousin. Yeah, I guess there's and something with, to be said for that. Holy shit. And if he dyed his hair blonde with these type of trunks and those type of boots, he's Steve Carino. Jeez. Sam's the man of many faces. I'm many not saying young. his face. I'm just saying his body type. Yeah. Okay. I mean, dude, we've watched a lot of ECW and maybe we've watched our last ECW, but I'm just saying, oh, look at that. What would you call that? Does that have a name? I would have to text Excalibur and find out what that is, man. Let me just tell you, we fucking crack up at my house on Wednesdays where, <laughs> you know, in Alabama, when somebody jumps on the top rope, we call mm. it, you know. Oh, he's, he's jumped to the top rope. Mm-hmm. Not when you're watching with Excalibur. <laughs> El Escalada or whatever. It's like, what the fuck? Empanada. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he it knows all... everything. He knows know. every Spanish, every lucha, whatever. He's got it down pat. I know he does. And it's, it's to the point to where he'll say something like that. And JR and I will look at each other, but we won't say anything because... You know, we don't want to take away from, we don't want to just, we don't want to be Conrad Thompson and just give him shit the entire match. So we just have a, a good time with it. And you're right. I mean, it's, uh, it's a top rope Pescado. It's a, it's a Tope Suicida, which is the more famous one. Right. But, uh, uh, tiger driver 98. That was another one that caught us off guard. Oh, you never heard of that one? Nope. I, I, by the way, I should mention Excalibur has thrown down the gauntlet. I don't know if you've seen this. Yeah, I saw it. He says, <coughs> by the way, text. he's he's a fun follow on Twitter at shut up Excalibur. And he mm-hmm. says, attention, Tony Schiavone. If you bring back the mustache for the December 2nd, AEW on TNT dynamite, I will donate $500 to the Atlanta humane society. 
and guarantee the AEW locker room will at least ma- combine to match it or else I'll make up the difference. Hashtag lowest rules. Hashtag winner is coming. Mm-hmm. And he quote tweeted the nature boy himself, mm-hmm. where at the end of the promo, he comes over and says, Tony Schiavone, tell your wife. I said, hello, <laughs> which is so great. Uh, but here's the question. No, there's the answer. I'll throw 500 in too. Mm-mm. Hang on. Now we're talking about $1,500 to help dogs. You love right. dogs, right? Just this last year, because just because you've decided to eliminate your dogs and terminate their lives. No, don't, don't start that shit. You had a house full and you, now you don't You lying. You lying motherfucker. No, you told me what's separating me from happiness is dog hair. And if Lois won't clean the house, I'm killing the dogs. No, 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 no. And you no, have a long history that. of this. We don't, established don't start, it. Don't you, 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 you will pull the clip, Tony, where you talked no, about okay, hitting yeah, dogs. We'll pull the clip. Well, here's another clip you can pull you a lie. And as a matter of fact, we can add something to that. You a fucking lie. How about that? Well, that's hurtful. Yeah. Good. If here's my thing, if you don't, if you don't cut your fucking beard off and just rock the goddamn mustache for the dogs. Okay. I don't know that you're the man I thought you were. Okay. here's cover one, two, leg. Oh no, no. Wait a minute. His his leg was on the rope. Hey, and we're going to see, uh, we'll get back to this argument in a minute. We're going to see the substitute mid Atlantic belt. The real mid Atlantic belt was, uh, stolen by avalanche buzz Tyler who got pissed off at the promotion and walked on it with the belt. So here you see crusher Khrushchev make the cover. He doesn't hook the far leg. He hooks the inside leg, the far leg referees out of position, misses Sam Houston's boot on the ropes and crusher pulls it off. So the referee can't see it after the fact, nice little subtle heel thing by him to pull the leg off the ropes before the ref could see it. Yeah. Not a bad match really to start things off. And now fans, oh my God, here we go. Here's a treat rage and bull Manny Fernandez taking the Abdullah, the butcher in a Mexican death match. Uh, I, I would guess we'd see more blade jobs than bumps in this one. What say you? Oh, it's going to be rough. Oh man. Somebody attacked Abdullah and the cops had to get involved. Paul Jones got lost in the dark. Yep. But and a fan came right after Abdullah. I've never seen someone so eager to get hepatitis in my life. <laughs> look, he's bleeding. <laughs> look at the, look at his forehead. Holy shit. This is the Omni. And the reason I can tell it's the Omni, the seats are orange. So we go, I, I think basically we just, we went back and forth. Yeah. Let's talk okay. about that. This is an interesting night here. We've got, and there's Roger Kent. What we got, we're in Greensboro and we're in the Omni. We've got mm-hmm. a sellout in Greensboro. We've got a sellout in the Omni. 14,000 fans here in the Omni. Uh, by the way, that's not the only place you guys were running shows. You also did uh, stuff over in, um, the Superdome. Now, technically that's still mid South, but mm-hmm. you've got Nick Patrick who would later go on to be a referee, of course, for WCW. Uh, he's in action with Tommy, Wright. Butch Reed is going to team up with, uh, Nick Patrick and they'll take on Dick Slater and buzz Sawyer. And then Jake Roberts would defeat Lord humongous, which is actually Sid vicious by DQ. And that happened the same day as this, but that's all sort of just a warm up thing. So they can all watch the 
the closed circuit of Starcade 85. So hmm. this is before the buyout, before Crockett bought Watts' territory, but a nice little co-opting here of, hey, we'll put up the big screen, put on a handful of matches, and uh, let our fans see your show. Kind of a cool thing. You know, Roger telling us right now that they're going to put the the sombrero on a pole on a pole, which is of course the traditional sombrero and it's a heirloom in the Fernandez family. Did you ever own a sombrero? What's that? Did you ever own a sombrero? Uh, no, I did not. Does Dave? Oh, a hundred. Of course. Yeah, of course. He's taking pictures with him. I've seen him. You know, what's great is he's never actually been to Mexico. He was born. Yeah, I, I, I know that he's a working Mexican. I know he is hell. He didn't, he didn't know he was a Mexican until he was like 11. Seriously. He, he came home from school one day and asked his parents, what am I? Uh-huh. Am I white or black? And they're like, son, we need to have a talk. And that's something. Look, I can't believe the forehead of, oh, we're going to, we're going to make it up. Whew, already, man. Mm. I feel mm. like Abdullah the butcher, the way you see Manny just taking bumps all around him. The way Abdullah's wrestling right here is the way Bruce Pritchard described Dusty Rhodes' WWF run in 1989. He said what he would do, Conrad, is he would just be stationary. His feet would never move. And he would just hold his elbow up and say, find it. And the guys would run around and just take turns running into it. Macho Man, Queen Cherry, Brother Love, find it. So they're bouncing all around him. And then you see, all right, the biggest offensive move so far that we've seen besides stabbing a dude in the head is standing on him. This is what Abdul is doing here. That's all he ever did. Can we just say right now that you and I next year for Christmas, next year for Starcade, we need these curly toes, uh, like house shoes. I want house shoes that look like Abdullah, the butcher or iron Sheik's boots. Conrad. Yeah. I appreciate your optimism. There's not going to be a Christmas next year. All right. Well, can we do it for Christmas this year? Can we just fast track it? Uh, get the, uh, horny toed shoes. Well, house shoes. What I need is I need an UGG slipper. That's been modified. An UGG slipper. Look at that. Oh my God. Can you believe the monkey flip from Manny Fernandez? (laughs) You know, he got about halfway through that and thought, what the fuck am I doing? (laughs) Yeah, about there was a slight pause as if Abdullah could crush him at any time. Well, Abdullah was like, seriously, are we really doing yeah. this? I ain't Jushin Thunder Liger. You know, the referee is here on the outside. It's Gene Ligon. By the way, also, he's a worker. Yeah. Gene Ligon worked the day before against Sam Houston in the Dorton Arena. Yeah. And now he's a referee here. Seriously. The, let me, let me tell you what was in the Dorton arena the day before Sam Houston over Gene Ligon, Italian stallion over Tommy lane, Pez Watley over golden terror, Manny Fernandez over Mike Davis. What a card this is so far. Then Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson against Tully Blanchard and the barbarian. And then on top, this is your main event, Jimmy Valiant and Billy Jack against Bobby Eaton and Dennis Condry. How about that? Can you believe that? 
Yeah, I can believe anything. What a card. Who would fucking <laughs> buy that? Seriously. Meanwhile, same hey, time. When you're hot, you're hot, buddy. Right. You guys uh, ran a show championship wrestling from Florida the day before in Miami. And that on top had Dusty, Magnum, and Wahoo against Flair, Ole, and Arn. Now that's a fucking main event. So we were running, we were running uh, Florida at that time. Well, it was championship hmm. wrestling from Florida. So it's technically the territory, you know? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Territories are still around. Yeah. So time. you got Graham and Watts all sort of working with the Crockett's here. It's the NWA baby. Even though I guess technically yeah. Watts was never a part. He was still a friend of the association. <laughs> Paul Jones. <laughs> Abdullah. Oh man. Hepatitis everywhere. Know what we know now, huh? Look at this here in 2020. There's a lot of guys who did not. And in a big show like this, it was a little bit different, but I remember Sam Houston had a match with black Bart an opening match on a house show and they both juiced and bled and went on the outside and did all the shit. And I remember Arn was so pissed off about it because I remember Arn saying to me, why would guys on the opening card do something like that? He said, you got to build up to the main event. Yeah. And that's really old school. Yeah. But he believed that. And there's, there's something to be said for that. Well, yeah. The idea being, if, if you do everything in match one, where do we go from there? And you and I right. have watched the chamber of horrors from 91. And it's like when we open with a Thunderdome electrified cage shits on fire, and then we electrocute Abdul the butcher, like we murder right. him. He's dead. Right. And then the next match we're doing deep arm drags. Right. Exactly. What are what now? We just saw a yeah. guy fucking die. <laughs> they were climbing to the top and jumping off and shit was on fire. And then we witnessed a murder and now, well, headlock takeover. Fuck off. <laughs> We start with the headlock takeover. We end with the murder. Exactly. It would be like watching porn in reverse. Let's hold hands now. Wait a minute. What? <laughs> now it's time for you to go get me a zero bar and a frosty. <laughs> that is a call the deep cut boys and girls. <laughs> it really is. That's... Check out lowestrules.com. We got the night shitter shirt. We got the, uh, the, the, our version of the cornet shirt, the cornet face. Well, now it's the Tony face from the cruise mm -hmm. this past year. Uh, you think they'll ever do one of those again? And how about this? A new cool tag team shirt, world's greatest tag team, dusty flair and Rick Rhodes. Good stuff <laughs> over at lowestrules.com. Uh, uh, there was a, I saw a couple of people, I think it was on our uh, YouTube channel or on our Facebook. Uh, they were like, uh, critical of the Tony face. What are you trying to do? Uh, copy Cornette. Yes. I, I wanted to respond say, no, I'm trying to make money. You dumb motherfucker. Why don't you try it once in your life? The, the answer is yes. Yeah. And by the way, the Cornette face, while he did make the face, it became a meme long before he was selling it as a shirt. Right. And yes, we're, we're blatant about it and acknowledged it on the show. Thanks for listening. When you, when you see a good idea, you copy it and rip it off. This has been well-established in wrestling. Kevin Sullivan has arrived in my studio here. I hear. 
And you know what? We can actually see Kevin now because we're on video. The biggity it's bug. Actually, yeah, it's a bug. Biggity bug. Back in the day, it was theater of the mind. We could say it was Kevin Sullivan. Now it's your actual cute, adorable dog. My boy. He had to go downstairs. Lois gave him his medicine. He takes a lot of medicine. Where, where's bug on tryptophan? Tryptophan. Okay. We'll go with okay. that. That actually might be a new shirt by the time you're hearing this over at loisrules.com. Okay. Tryptophan is the shit in Turkey that makes you sleepy, Tony. Oh, okay. you've heard that's, of that. That's, that's the, that's the gimmick stuff that that's, that's for fat asses who have eaten too much. Want to sleep coming up with an excuse. So my question is, does bug not just eat and sleep all day? Um, yes. no, but bug and I do a lot of stuff during the day. Really bug bug has a little bicycle. He goes on those trails with you. Uh, we had, we had thought about that. Can you imagine uh, if you got a sidecar for that motherfucker for real, you really would be Batman. Don't you call my dog a motherfucker, you motherfucker. Anyway, I, uh, there's a, there's a box that you can get to put on your handlebars. Oh, like ET. Yes. That you can put your dog in. And I was thinking about doing that, but he also goes for car rides with me. You see how he kind of perked his ears up when I said car ride. That's one of his favorite things. Oh, he's turning his head. <laughs> you want to go to car ride? Here you go. You go. We're going to go to a car ride. Oh man. Not, not, not right now, buddy. That's, we that's, later. that's the way your head turns when rebel says something nice to you. Tony, I just love you. Yeah. Tony, if I, if I had a man like you, then I wouldn't go back to Atlanta. I'm sorry, Marietta. Uh, these, these two guys are worn down here. They've, uh, a has gone about as long as he's gone in many years in a match. Okay. That's it. That's gotta be it. Paul Jones is going to come up. Gene Lincoln's all there. He is. He got, he it. got the hat. He got the fucking hat. <laughs> he gets to keep his own hat. <laughs> Woo! Ain't no party. like a keep my own hat party. Cause I keep my own hat party. Don't stop. You know, I have it on good authority that Manny actually won that hat fair and square in the war. Oh, Paul's pissed. Good damn. What the fuck? I was so fat. What the fat fucker? Take a look at it again. Mm. You know, this here's is the, the only, here's the real deal. I know a lot of people are like, why would they make this a Mexican death match? Why would they put something on a pole? Because Abdullah didn't do no jobs, but you can convince him the only way to win is to climb up there. I ain't doing that. Okay. So he didn't want to win, but Abdullah would do no jobs. Nobody saw Abdullah get the leg hooked. What a no. thing. Oh, want to track it? Oh God. Here comes your worst Russian interview ever. Ladies and gentlemen, Crusher Khrushchev with the one and only Johnny Weaver crown tonight. Congratulations to Iron Order, the new champion, the new Mid-Atlantic heavyweight champion. Crusher Khrushchev. Crusher? First of all, I want to say I'm the happiest man in the world, and I have to help say this, that some of my friends that helped me out the most was Ivan Koloff and Nikita Koloff. They made me what I am today, a Russian athlete, and I know my motherland, Russia, is proud of me too. And I just want to say that I'll be able to go anywhere in the world, any country against anybody, to defend this. And I want to show all you American people that Russians are superior athletes, and I will keep this belt. 
Well, Crusher, all the belts that you Russians have, and you have about six of them now, but two of them are still in jeopardy because later on in a fence match, Ivan and Kola, Nikita Kolov against the Rock and Roll Express. Just like I've said a lot of other times, the Rock and Roll Express has done a lot of things to us, just like these American referees. The prejudiced American referees. And they're going out there for one thing, and that is Rock and Roll Express, as to keep those belts and put you out of commission. And I think right here tonight in Greensboro, in front of all you people, Starcade 85, the gathering, they will do just that. And all you American fans are gonna look at us and you're gonna say, yes, they are superior. And right here, this is why. Crusher Khrushchev, you had a tough match out there, Nigel. You gotta say that, a bright star is Sam Houston. I'm not taking nothing away from Sam Houston. He is a great athlete. He was trained by the best, Dusty Rhodes, Magnum TA, a lot of other people. But Sam Houston, you know, Johnny Weaver, you know, and all you American people know that I am the Mid-Atlantic champion now, and I'm going to remain that. And Sam Houston, it's because I am bigger, and I am stronger, and I am a Russian athlete. You got that? Well, congratulations once again to Crusher Khrushchev. We are set on the ring floor out there with the next match from Greensboro. It's a Texas Bull Road match. Cowboy Ron Bass going up against Black Bart, and there's a special stipulation. If Cowboy Ron Bass wins this match, he gets a special five-minute Texas Bull Rope match with James J. Dillon. My God, everything about that was fucking awesome, Tony. First of I, all, I'm excited. I'm excited that he's going to take that Mid-Atlantic Championship around the world. He will defend it in Siberia in a month. And of course, that's going to have a lot of heat over there. And I love that the Rock and Roll Express and the Koloffs are going to have a fence match coming. A up. fence match! <laughs> God, I was so excited. I was like, I got to stop it right now. I can't keep this in. A fence match, bro. We are never fucking calling in a cage match ever again. You know, here we are these days. We hear guys say, oh, people need to slow down and sell a hold and, you know, take your time and let it resonate. Not Johnny Weaver. In my day, we didn't even have these pussy cage matches. We just called it what it was. A fence match. It's fucking hysterical, dude. A fence match? I will never call it anything other than that ever again. Hell in a cell? Uh-uh. Hell in a fence. It's war games. No, it's not. It's fence games. It's an electrified barbed wire fence match. I can't wait, dude. Uh, God. Fence. Oh boy. This is, uh, you know, this is, this is quite a trip, uh, down memory lane for a, a number of reasons. Uh, some we've all touched on, but obviously some, some great memorable shows. Look at JJ's fucking shirt here. Jesus. Uh, and just for the, the raw, horrible production value and for I mean, it was pretty apparent that Johnny had to fill some time there. Oh, it was so bad. I was so happy that Khrushchev was like, fuck man. I've cut four promos. Quit putting the <laughs> mic back in front of my face. So the last time he's like, I'm leaving the frame. Cause I'm not letting you come back to me anymore. I said the same shit four times. I'm done. Huh. We should mention that you guys had uh, four matches before the, uh, the cameras were rolling here in Greensboro, the NWA junior heavyweight champion, Danny Brown pinned right. your man, Rocky King. Don Kernoodle, friend of the show, defeated Tommy Lane over in the Omni. We had a couple matches there, too, that didn't make the broadcast. Thunderfoot 
I knew a girl like that in high school, pinned Italian stallion and then pistol Pez Watley defeated nothing happening. Mike Graham. Mm. Thunderfoot. I think with Joel Deaton behind a mask. If I recall, um, where you at on Mike Graham? I'm ready to make the broadcast. It feels like he would have been plugged in for real. And you guys would have given him some sort of spot on the, on the broadcast. Yeah. Uh, well, somebody. No, well, this was before he had, he was a, uh, agent. Well, I'm with you on that, but I'm saying dusty obviously had a heavy influence from his right. father. And so it feels like, you know, as a favorite, a dear old dad, maybe that's how he got this booking. In fact, it just wasn't yeah. time for him to be on TV. That that's what it was favored to dear old dad. Uh, I was, uh, was dear old dad still alive or had he committed suicide by this time? Well, I mean, championship wrestling from Florida was still around. Yeah, but I look at look at did you see Ricky cut himself. <laughs> they had a close up there, and he was just sawing away, baby. Um, I'm not so sure. I, I remember I was in the Crockett office when they when the announcement came that uh, Eddie Graham had shot himself. You know what? You're exactly right. Eddie Graham died January 21st, 1985. Yep. So he died this this same calendar year. Yeah, so they just gave Mike a booking to, I don't know, give him a little bit of money. That's all. It's pretty wild that, I don't know. I mean, see, I was he died at only look, 55 was, years old, man. Yeah, I know. Mike went the same way. Um, I was a, uh, I was still here. Now we're talking, the, this, this is the year that we started on TBS, started in April of this year. And this was, uh, now I, I was basically two years into doing wrestling, almost two years to the day doing wrestling almost. And wow, look at that. So, um, but I was still very much a fan and the after magazines, as we called them was still a big deal. So when you would see someone like Mike Graham that you didn't see on a regular basis, who had just been in championship wrestling in Florida, that was pretty cool. Right. So I, I enjoyed seeing guys that were not normally in the territory. And I think this, well, I know this, this is before, I think maybe later this year, the, uh, the Briscoes came in and had quite a run as world tag team champions, or maybe this was after the Briscoes. I can't remember. I remember Jack and, and Jerry did a lot of promos in the backstage area. You're about two years into your wrestling experience here, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. And this is also my, this, I also have, I believe now I have, if my uh, timing is correct or my memory serves me right, I have just finished a year of baseball, which would be my last year of doing baseball until 2009. So my baseball career is basically over. I'm full-time wrestling now. With the Crockett's Chris Shivani, uh, was just born. As a matter of fact, this was November 28th, 85. He was born November 21st, 85. So Chris is a week old. Wow. And Laurie and Matt are, you know, basically toddlers and the twins. The Briscoes, when they came in, talk me through that. When did they, when were they here and as, as tag champs? 
I, I can't, re- I can't remember. They were, uh, that might have been 84. I just remember doing a lot of interviews in the back with the Briscoes, Jack and Jerry, because Jerry did all the talking. Right. And Jack just walked in with a belt on his shoulder and J- Jerry would hold the belt in his arms and do, we would do the interviews. Look at Ricky still cutting him forehead here. Uh, so I, I, I can't remember when the Briscoes were in. This probably was before the Briscoes. I thought they were. Yeah. A quick little research on my side shows okay. they won the belts in June of 83. Okay. Dropped them in October, won them back in October and then would vacate it in December. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, they wind up yeah. winning it back April of 84, Yeah. Right. but then they drop it the very next month in May. So I guess it was 83, 84. You're thinking about not 85, but I was like, I don't yeah. remember that. Right. I wasn't watching them, but I did see a lot of 85 after the fact. Listen, growing up cereal was one of the best parts of being a kid, but eventually we all grow up and realize, and this stuff's full of sugar and junk. We probably shouldn't be eating, especially first thing in the day. I mean, we all know breakfast is the most important meal of the day. So maybe loading up on sugar isn't the best idea. And if you've been trying to cut down on carbs or sugar or unhealthy food, you're probably thinking, man, I can't eat anything anymore, but here's the deal. That's all changed now. Thanks to magic spoon. I have to admit, I grew up on that same sugary fruity cereal that we all loved as kids. But then you start to think, uh, I'm getting too old for this. I can't do this. But what if you could enjoy a great taste like cocoa, fruity, frosted, even blueberry, and it had zero sugar. What if it had 11 grams of protein? What if it had only three net grams of carbs in each serving? Now we're talking, baby. It tastes amazing. And it's honestly too good to be true. Now my favorite in my household, well, everybody else likes the fruity. The cocoa is a sleeper, but blueberry is probably my favorite, believe it or not. No matter what you enjoy flavor wise, you're going to enjoy that. This is keto friendly, gluten free, grain free, soy free, low carb and GMO free. Right now, go to magicspoon.com forward slash WHW to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code WHW at checkout to get free shipping. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed by a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. That's magicspoon.com slash WHW and use the code WHW for free shipping. And we thank Magic Spoon for sponsoring today's podcast. There's never been a better time to go to savewithconrad.com than right now. We make saving money fast and easy, but don't take my word for it. Ask Frankie Kazarian in California. Wait, the Frankie Kazarian? Yeah, the Frankie Kazarian. You know, one half of the first ever AEW tag team champions as a part of SCU. Yeah, the Frankie Kazarian you see on TNT on AEW Dynamite every single Wednesday night. The Frankie Kazarian got hooked up at SaveWithConrad.com. He left us a five-star review and had this to say: Conrad, Jimmy, and the team were all beyond. Conrad, Jimmy, and the team were all beyond a delight to do business with. We wanted to do some major renovations and additions to our home that made this process incredibly easy and comfortable for us. They were always there to answer any questions we had and help us every step of the way. I cannot recommend them enough. Their professionalism is second to none, and they were a pleasure to do business with. 
Frankie Kazarian. Well, thank you, Mr. Kazarian for the five-star review. I hope you and the missus enjoy turning your house into your home. Frankie knew what to do. He went to save with Conrad.com. He told his old mortgage company, SCU later. How about this? When you go to save with Conrad.com, you're going to realize that you're currently in the worst mortgage you've ever been in. Save with Conrad.com can help though. NMLS number six, five, zero, eight, four equal housing lender. And did I mention no house payments for two months? We're licensed in more than 40 States and you don't need perfect credit. So if we can't save you cash, we won't waste your time. Find out how much money you can save right now for free. Just like Frankie did at save with Conrad.com. Uh, but because he's still an active in ring performer and I just, yeah. oh, there you go. There's your pinfall. Mm-hmm. You know what that means? JJ Dillon's got five minutes and he's not wasting any time. That looks like Dave Silva taking his shirt off to Mount Heather. And this is, this is Heather telling Dave Silva, get out of the bedroom. Yes. Leave me alone. Anyway, I just think you should wait until their in-ring career is over. I'm not discounting any of the great matches or great work that, that Kenny has done so far, but I could, I could argue that it was premature, but I think Cornette's just saying bullshit just shouldn't be in period. And I, and I get that they just agree to disagree, but I wanted your take on in ring, but you say, no, go ahead and put them in. Yeah. Go ahead and put them in. I, it doesn't bother me. Let me ask you this, and I'm, I'm, I'm unfamiliar with, uh, the, uh, hall of fame voting for the observer. Is it fan voting or does Dave have a crew of people like yourself that make the vote? Uh, it's historians and journalists and wrestlers active and retired. I mean, it's, it's a wide, I was kind of shocked. I got one if I'm honest, but I did. And, uh, you were on the ballot, by the way, I voted oh, for wow. it. Unfortunately, you didn't make it. Yeah. Wow. Anyway, one of my uh, other takes, can I be, send a, uh, can I, can I send a note here about that out? Yeah. That you don't care. Yeah. If you're a hall of fame, if you're a hall of fame voter, like yourself, Conrad, or if you're a wrestler or you're a journalist, don't vote for me ever, ever vote for Bob Cottle, vote it, for Lance Russell. A lot of those vote guys are already in good vote for David Crockett. But don't vote for me. Well, here's the other thing I think is weird. I don't think Sting is in. Hmm. I don't think the Steiners are in. Hmm. Well, good God. And Sting, I'm a, oh, JJ getting ready to cut. And again, I think that's my argument against an active performer. I want to be clear. I'm not saying don't put Kenny Omega in, but I'm just saying Steiners Sting. Come on. Yeah. Well, then what you're saying is basically if sting and the Steiners are not in, which I think we all agree they should be, then the people who vote are full of shit. And that's why I say, don't put me in. You being one of those full of shit, but that's been well-established on this show. Well, they're going, they're going quite a while here for this, uh, second little bull rope match. Third match now. Both guys juice. I know technically one's a carryover, but the point is this, this is called the gathering. Yeah. It should have been called, you know, red cross blood drive, the blood drive. The gushing, the gushing. Hmm. 
poor Mr. Fargo. Oh, curious. George took a hell of a bump there. And here comes black part. Oh, yeah. Is he like a, a poor man's bruiser Brody? His look here, black Bart with that crazy hair. Yeah. Very poor. Well, yeah, you, you just know, said he got $17 for doing a blade job in yeah. Shelby, North Carolina. You know, uh, another thing here, and this is, this is really old school. And this is, this is ladies and gentlemen, JJ Dillon has won the match. Is that something he has beaten Ron Bass and you take a really good shot of his ass, which is more than we needed to see. But if something like something like this happens now in our promotion or in uh, the WWE and there's a lot of blood, they're going to change the, uh, the mat cover. Oh yeah. We didn't know but, anything about. Yeah. I mean, but back then you remember when you were getting road beef, you weren't even wrapping it up. Right. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking. You about. were just blowing and going. I stopped at Arby's and they would wrap it in one of those, uh, uh, thin foil things for what? Me. Wait, wait, wait. You get a little horsey sauce on your hang low. Uh, I know. I don't like horsey sauce. Well, it ain't for you. Never was. Cause I don't like it. Okay. Here's another great shot. What is this? Oh, this arm wrestling contest. Got it. Let's talk about what we've seen so far. The mid Atlantic championship on the line. Mm. And then a Mexican hat on a pole. And then a bull rope with a cowbell mm -hmm. and now arm wrestling mm -hmm. ladies and gentlemen, coming up next, we've got a fence match, but before that, a Yahtzee match, we're going to set up a big board game, a couple of dice. Why not? Oh, I really, uh, <laughs> let's go ahead and mention right now. We need at the next Joey Janela spring break from game changer wrestling, set up a set like this, but instead of the guys doing the ultimate display of manliness and doing an arm wrestling contest, instead, I want to see people throw down with thumb wrestling. I want to see orange Cassidy go thumb to thumb with someone like the great Muda. Let's fly mood over here. First class from Japan. Get a translator. Let's get Sonny Ono a payday for just speaking Japanese. And let's let him thumb wrestle Orange Cassidy. Because Orange Cassidy has to have the most over thumb in the entire business in 2020. It would seem that way. Hey, so. Even in his uh, later stage of his career, superstar Billy Graham still had am amazing arms, didn't he? Oh, God. Jesus. Can you imagine if podcasting would have, if he was a little older, a little younger, rather, and podcasting was a viable option for him, the crazy shit he would have said over the years? Mm. You don't talk about controversy. He could have been like the original Jim Cornette podcast. I remember. Uh, you know, we did this, obviously we did the backstage interviews and there was a lot of stuff that, that we couldn't use. Right. They would just, you know, outtakes, silly shit was said all the time. I remember one time he came in, he said he was, he was going to wrestle Nikita or Ivan or one of the Russians. He said, the Russians come over here. They eat our food. They take our women. 
And more importantly, they take all of our drugs. And Gene went, <laughs> cut, <laughs> cut. <laughs> and everybody laughed. <laughs> besides steroids, uh, besides testosterone, <laughs> besides Winnie, what do you think legitimately superstar Billy Graham engaged in? I just assume looking at him, yeah. he knew where the good weed was. Oh my God. I yeah. feel like that's a gimme. Yeah. But was he also doing, I mean, I know he, he was injured, you know, he's got artificial body parts. So sure. He's probably got some pain pills going. Oh, I'm sure he's really into pain pills. Absolutely. But we know Hogan, he occasionally allegedly, mm-hmm. and this was popular in the eighties. Maybe he never did cocaine, but he did smell it a lot. Yeah. And I wondered, is that something that superstar would have been into? Cause I get a different vibe from him. I don't get a cocaine vibe. I get a, let's, let's take some pills and let's smoke some dubs and then let's eat some yeah. chicken. Yeah. I, I, I never got a, I never got a, you know, I never got a cocaine vibe from anyone, but you don't even know what a cocaine vibe is. No, but I, 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 I did know there was a hell beer was, was the thing. I mean, oh, of course. beer and, and, Jack and then there was, and then there was pot, but I never got the idea of coke, uh, cocaine. No, I don't know. Maybe I just was clueless or Gene Ligon. Uh, I'm sure I was clueless to the world by this time. I mean, I was just a young buck here, buddy. Young buck. By the way, I wasn't even 30 yet. Would this be the easiest gig in wrestling? We're going to work arm wrestling match. Like my God, what a gig. Think about what we're watching right now. We're not watching actual arm wrestling. We're watching guys seated in the middle of a ring, Mm -hmm. pretending to arm wrestle Mm -hmm. and they're getting paid money for this and they think they're underpaid for it. Nobody sits down and pretends to arm wrestle better than me, brother. My God, this is his job. Oh, he's coming back. Here we go. The drama almost had touched Gene Ligon had put his hand down. Now Gene's going to Gene don't stand in front of the hard camera. Yes, he didn't. Did he? (laughs) He knew not to. Okay. I can stand right here and look, but I can't get in front of the hard camera on the other way. Gene's put no, no, not down yet. Oh, he's reaching up. Oh God. He's going over the top. For some power, getting the legs in. Barbarian's gonna. Yeah, boy, Gene. Gene's pretty sharp here, man. He knows where not to be, and these ladies are really fucking into it. And that's got to be it. It's got to come on. It's so close. Yes. And Paul's gonna hit. Well, God, Paul hit him. <laughs> Is that a surprise? Process what we just saw, dude. Process what we just saw. uh, Superstar was cutting his head there a little bit. Wait, there's more blood? (laughs) Fuck, he just got kicked right in the mouth. Holy shit. I'm just thinking. Let's imagine we're a couple of kids. (laughs) We're going through Superstar Billy Graham's neighborhood. Uh-huh. I mean, he's former WWF champion. He's made some money in his day. Mm-hmm. 
see this nice row of beautiful upscale homes. Daddy, what's that guy do? Son, he's a doctor. Oh, daddy, that's a nice house. What does that guy do? Son, he's an attorney. Oh, daddy, what does this guy do? He pretends to arm wrestle. And he's got the bigger house. What? I didn't know that was a lucrative profession. <laughs> Pretending to arm wrestle. Son, you'll have no idea. One day there'll be a guy living in the same neighborhood for masturbating into a trash can. By the way, shout out to puppet. We lost him recently. I don't know that we talked about that here on the show, but we watched earlier this year. We probably brought puppet, uh, more podcast time than he had had before. He was the angry dwarf from TNA yeah. wrestling back when they did the Wednesday night pay-per-views. Famously, he masturbated furiously from inside a trash can. And then a few weeks later, he came out to confront Jeff Jarrett and it got a little heated and he pulled a gun, try an actual pistol on Jeff Jarrett in front of fans. And unfortunately, uh, he went to the great squared circle in the sky just a few weeks ago. I, uh, had a, uh, you know, we do a, a lot of videos yep. that are seen on ad free shows right. and lowest rules, or I'm sorry on the, on Patreon WSW Monday. And I do, uh, we've done a number of videos about, you know, my, my time in WCW with Chris McDonald doing his great work. And I sent one of them to Mike Tanay and Mike watched it and texted me back. And he said, I think you've, uh, lost your mind. <clears throat> and I texted him back. I said, yeah, but I never called a match where a midget brought a gun to the ring. He didn't respond to that. What clip did you send him that Chris made? I think it was the one where, uh, Jim Hurd convinced me to come back to WCW slapdick theater with Kellner's a dumbass. Yes. Kellner's a dumbass. And, uh, he didn't like it. No, he just thought I kind of lost my mind. Well, yeah, I guess he may, it, I don't know. Maybe, maybe Mike doesn't appreciate the humor that we try to bring into wrestling these days. I don't know. Well, Mike, I mean, here's the deal. Mike today is a, is a Lauren, uh, long time. Well established, world renowned, yeah. foreign connoisseur. Oh, I, that I didn't know. Oh yeah, just look him up, Mike right. Tanay Horn. Okay, they're okay. right I, in my I, Google. I, Boom, looking at I it right now. But go ahead. I don't Google really anymore. Really? No. Okay. I'm. I've said. I've. I've said it many times. I'm at. If You're just waiting to die. Yeah. If well, maybe. Uh, I guess we all are in a way, but I, uh, if you see uh, something on the, uh, something from me on social media, more than likely it's either come from, uh, Laurie Shivani Engel or Dave Hancock or Jeff Jones. I don't bother you with that shit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. Superstar Billy Graham won it. Boy, did that was they. Whew. Whew. 
We're an hour into this and we've had a lot of blood so far, buddy. Everybody, except for the very first match. Yeah. How about this replay here? Paul Jones coming in whammo right in the kidneys. Mm. What was worse on superstars kidneys? His, his drug regimen or Paul Jones? Uh, it was probably the, uh, the former. All right, ladies and gentlemen, coming up next, Terry Taylor taking on Buddy Landell for the national title. Of course, JJ Dillon is in tow. It's pretty remarkable. This is the crowning of Buddy Landell here. And, uh, it's all downhill from here, but you can see he's poised for the big push. I mean, here we are at the halfway uh, point. Yes, it is for a secondary title, but it is gold. It's a prime spot. It's the biggest show in the year. It's probably his best robe he ever had. Once he wins it, well, that's, that's the end of the buddy Landell story for a while. Yep. Amazing because he had such a great potential. We're in Greensboro, as you can see with Tom Miller. Trucking, trucking Tom Miller. I, yeah, I guess that's worth mentioning. The first match we saw crusher and Sam, that was in Greensboro, Manny yep. and Abdullah. That was in Atlanta. Yeah. Ron Bass, Black Bart, and JJ Dillon, all that also in Greensboro. Mm-hmm. What we just saw though, with Billy Graham and the barbarian that's in Atlanta. Yeah. Now that we're seeing buddy Landell and Terry Taylor, we're back in Greensboro. So it's been criticized for years and years when WrestleMania number two was in multiple cities because they did New York, they did LA, they did Chicago. People sort of talk about it. Like it was the forgotten. WrestleMania. It is the influence of Starcade cannot be underestimated. Yeah. Starcade is the first major event of its kind in 83. So much so that they have traffic stopped on the interstate. I mean, they could have sold 17,000 more seats. It was stupid. Starcade 84 similar now closed circuit is more of a thing. And then of course, Vince McMahon's going to come around with WrestleMania in 85. Well, this is the same year as the first WrestleMania. So after now, Starcade's getting bigger every single year. Now it's in multiple cities, both Atlanta and Greensboro. The WWF is going to say, oh, they got two cities. Well, we've got three and not Greensboro and Atlanta, but New York and LA and Chicago. And by the way, it fucking sucked. I love this shot here. I wish they showed it more often. It reminds me of old Japanese footage at the time, but this angular shot of the squared circle, it's a cool, it's a cool feeling. It feels like you're there. Yeah, no, it, it, it's good. And you talked about Starcade. All this was dusty roads, man. This all came from the idea of the mind of dusty roads. Two events. Speaking of dusty, you know, we've given him a lot of props here on the show. And, uh, a lot of credit, but of course, sometimes we've had to cover the stuff where listen, not every idea is a home run. And there were some ideas that weren't as awesome as maybe they could have been, but Hey, that's what you do. You try things, but there's so many pluses with dusty Starcade mm-hmm. being, you know, one of his babies, great American bash, one of his babies. These are things we're still talking about all these years later, but it comes to a head. December 3rd, 1988. And that's our topic next week here on the show. We're going to cover that fateful episode. 
This is right after, uh, Turner had acquired the company, which happened in November. So the prior month, Turner purchases Jim Crockett promotions for like 9 million bucks. Now here we are in very early December, 1988, and there's a mandate, no brutality. So do whatever you got to do, but all this crazy gore and violence, we can't do. What does dusty do? Has the road warriors come out, spike him in the eye and there's blood on TV. And that's it for dusty Rhodes, the performer. And, uh, as we know, he's going to go try his own thing a little bit and then pop up for the WWF and have a good run and then come back. But the end of dusty Rhodes in WCW and the NWA for at least a little while will be our topic next week. When we cover the December 3rd, 1988 episode of world championship wrestling. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of thinking too, that, you know, we, we, uh, covered a couple of weeks ago, the, uh, WCW world championship wrestling episode from, uh, November of 88 where Jim Cornette got some juice. Oh my God. So good. So I'm, 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 we'll talk more about that. I'm thinking that kind of led to that edict or I'm thinking that they just wanted dusty to get rid of dusty anyway. And that was a good excuse. I don't know. We'll talk about it. The whole, just so you know, that whole, uh, Cornette thing happened right before the transfer of power. So right before the sale, but yeah, he was probably watching a little more diligently since Mm -hmm. they were in, in in process with all this and said, okay, Hey, no more of that. And then what do you know? Mm. Two and a half, three weeks later, Dustin can't help himself. Bang. Hey, I was, uh, one thing I've always wondered about this show and, and this is a small thing, and, and I guess maybe they did this for on purpose, but this match was in Greensboro. Yeah. Where the Mid-Atlantic Championship match was, which I understand it being in Greensboro. I never did understand why they didn't put this match in Atlanta. Well, let me tell you why I think they did. I think they did it because Buddy Landell, well, really... At this point, both Terry Taylor and Buddy Landell, I mean, just take a look at them, their style, their gear, their hair, their presentation. They're both trying to do their own version of a Ric Flair tribute band. And I think because Flair had been calling out Buddy Landell and he's calling himself the nature boy and you know, your robes get, you, you get lost in the arms and one of these blah, blah, blah. It felt like they're trying to book him as like, I don't know, a real rival for flair. And since this is flair country here, right. I could see putting him on the same card. Sort of like in boxing. If you've got a headliner, right. In boxing, they sell the fight with two guys, just your main event, but there is an undercard. But a lot of times what they'll do is they'll put somebody on the undercard that they think in a fight or two or three could be an opponent for someone in the main event. So you get a chance right. to see them. I think that's probably what this is. Well, I know. And I understand that my, my point is that spread the titles the, out. No, 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 not at all. My point is the national heavyweight championship was an Atlanta, Georgia based championship. Oh, I got you. I can so of course Khrushchev defending the mid Atlantic championship belt in Greensboro makes sense. I always thought, buddy, just cut himself. I always thought that, uh, it should be, this should have been in booked in Atlanta because of what that title meant to 
Atlanta. And of course, eventually they would get rid of it. But the, the national heavyweight championship was uh, Georgia championship wrestling's version of the U S title in Jim Crockett promotions. I saw him move his hand, but I didn't think he cut himself. Did he? I think he tried to, I don't think it worked or maybe, you know what? I'm th- maybe he's smarter than we think. Maybe he's going to pretend to cut himself and not bleed. And fans are going to say, you know what? Maybe they're not really cutting themselves. Maybe that's just a motion they make. So many things went into all this stuff. I mean, it was, I thought, you know what? And, and I still think it is when I grew up as a fan, I didn't know they were cutting their heads. No, I didn't know they were talking in the ring. I didn't know all of that. And now that you go back and you watch this because of what, you know, it's very apparent, but they were so good at hiding it back then that you, you didn't realize it. you were, you were more <laughs> JJ, uh, you were, you were more into the match and the storytelling than you were trying to watch the secrets of making a good match. And to me, that's, that's just amazing. I just, you, you that, that, that era is gone, buddy. You, you're not going to be ever to be able to recapture that. And that's why watching this stuff is so great because now we know, but back then we didn't. And I do know that after I was quote unquote smartened up, I do know that cameramen and directors would get into trouble. And it was, it was, it was a tough thing to do for these cameramen and these directors. They would get into trouble because sometimes they would get too close and you would see them talking and, now, of course, you know, we're, we're now we're into, it's all about TV. Now, back then it was still about arenas, but TV was growing more and more and more a part of it. So the guys had to kind of change what they were doing. I mean, you could get away with a lot of shit wrestling to the Richmond Coliseum, right? Where there were no cameras in a house show and you had a sellout, but now you had the intrusive of the cameras right up in your face. So you had to kind of change things. And, well, I'll be honest. I- I think one of the things I was trying to express, and I clearly was not doing a great job. I don't need to see the matchup close right here. Let's get that shot. I talked about earlier that I really liked that I compared sure. to the Japanese shot, right? That's the way I would see it. If I was there live and I'm okay with experiencing it the same way. Like I didn't realize I was doing it, but as we're recording this yesterday, I was watching some of the Tennessee Auburn game. And at first, since there's such little football happening right now because of COVID compared to normal, they had two versions of the game on. And at first they were on ESPN on direct TV is channel two Oh six. And the game before them was going long. So they said, Hey, flip it over to two Oh eight and watch the game on ESPN news. So I did. So I'm watching the game there, but then eventually that original game ends and the, they move quote unquote, the regular feed back to the main channel 206, but I still stuck around 208. And I probably watched for a half hour before someone said, Hey, where's the commentary? And I realized, wait a minute, we're watching the sky cam version. There weren't different camera angles. There was no commentary. You're just watching from that one active overhead camera the whole time. And I loved it. Mm-hmm. There was less production. There was less, I mean, I wish I could watch every football game that way. It was, yeah. you could hear the crowd, even though it was, you know, a fraction of what it would normally be. 
but you could just hear the stuff and, and I'm not discounting what you do in professional wrestling. You guys provide the lyrics, but I'm saying sometimes it's okay to just have the real live experience of what it would be like to be in the arena. Yeah. And I just think that's fun. I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, when you and Jr. are doing your thing, I don't think there's, you know, it can't get any better, but there is something to be said about being there live and you sort of mimic that live feeling with that look. So I'm okay with them zooming out. You don't have to show me up close. I don't need yeah. to count the hair follicles in HD. I, I think when we, uh, I'd like to, if we can remember when we move forward here on the, the dusty flare match. Yeah. I, I oh, referee bump. Curious George went down. You know what that means? JJ Dillon, that, that damn cheater. I bet he's got a shoe in his hand. You got something in that left hand. What was it? I guess it was a shoe. Wasn't it? Is that Johnny Bench's catcher mitt. Uh, anyway, I want to get back to that point about announcers. Cause I, is that like the worst bump in the world? Yes. But look, that little girl in the third row, she loved it. Oh yeah. Who's on the headset by right there by JJ. Uh, that's Wally Dusick of the great Dusick wrestling family. He was, uh, really, really old. No shit. Really, uh, really had, had been wrestling for years, had cauliflowered ears, had his hands were all arthritic. There's your, oh, nice. Hey, wake up. Curious George. That's go. it. Buddy Landale, ladies and gentlemen, I like the finish too. It was a clean finish. No matter what anybody says, stupid ass, Terry Taylor goes for a top rope superplex, and there's buddy Landale who just reverses the momentum in midair. And now he's done it. He is your national champion. He's going to go on to, well, nothing. But look at this finish, man. I like this. Nope. I'm holding the ropes. Cause I ain't doing the, oh, I see JJ, mm. JJ tripped Terry. And I missed it. That mm. damn JJ. Mm -hmm. There's the national heavyweight championship belt that isn't it pretty remarkable. Year. This is the same month where the, uh, the horsemen were formed the same month, but JJ is managing the fake nature boy. Mm-hmm. And here we come the Minnesota wrecking crew themselves. It's like, we just spoke them into existence here. Got the red light on them. Arn Anderson, ready to drop that red light special. You think Arn Anderson, when he's trying to feel frisky and he's trying to be romantic, he, he has like a playlist or a soundtrack. That's his go-to. Yeah. It's probably full of like bullshit. Garth Brooks stuff or Kenny Chesney or. <laughs> <laughs> when the thunder rolls <laughs> and the spine buster strikes. Look at this crew, buddy. How about Wahoo McDaniel? How much fucking crown Royal that he had that day? This is, I think I mentioned this before. This is, I drove down to Atlanta and I drove back and Billy, Billy Jack drove with me, rode with me. This was Billy Jack's swan song too. I believe. Cause of this is right after this payoff that he didn't appreciate. This is when he threatened to beat Jim Crockett's ass. I do believe I got my ears, right? Uh, I want to address a couple of things. Please do. First of, first of all, Roger Kent doing the ring announcing, right? 
Jim Crockett did not like Roger at all. Why they brought Roger in, no one knows. But they brought Roger in to work with me, I believe, on the second show. You know, we had World Championship Wrestling, we had Championship Wrestling. So Roger worked with me. I don't know why David wasn't there. Maybe David was there. And Roger tried to be irreverent. Roger tried to be entertaining, tried to be funny, and wouldn't crack jokes. And the jokes went nowhere. And Jimmy Crockett got so pissed off at Roger Kent that during a commercial break, and of course we went live to tape, so when we went to a commercial break, two minutes back, we were back. So in a a two-minute span, Jimmy came out, and he just wasted Roger Kent. He gave him the biggest tongue lashing I'd ever see Jimmy Crockett give somebody. I didn't know what Jimmy was saying, but I could see it. And Roger was really distraught. And he walked over to me. He said, he did. He doesn't like my work. He doesn't like what I'm doing. I, he doesn't like it. And I said, Roger, what, what did he want when you, when you came in here? What did he tell you to do? He said, they, they didn't tell me what, what to do. They didn't tell me what to say or how to be. And I'm just being the person that I was in the AWA. And so Roger did not last long with us. And then to make matters worse for this show, everybody shows up early and Roger shows up right before the bell. And Jimmy was so pissed. I remember Jimmy was pissed off at him. Most people are here on time. Wow. But again, Roger had Roger, I guess was one of these people that needed that needed some guidance about where to be, when to be, what to do and what to say. And he obviously did not do what Jimmy wanted. So Roger's time with us was short. Good guy. I think he was a good friend of Heenan's. They worked together a lot, but, uh, yeah. I uh, also boy fucking Ole comes in against a guy like Billy Jack. Ole just, he was tremendous. Wasn't he? Let's talk about Ole's look here. How about those classic Anderson boots? I don't think. Yep. We, we talk about those enough, but dude, such a cool look classic. And then how about this fucking goof, Billy Jack Haynes, his boots say NWA down the side. And he has the letters that spell out the word Oregon ironed onto his ass. Mm-hmm. I don't get that. Well, that's where he was from. I'm with you, but I'm just saying, okay. can you imagine if I don't know. You came out on dynamite and you had Craigsville on your ass. That'd be weird. Yeah. Uh, again, man, Wahoo McDaniel the- in here with Arn Anderson. You want to mm-hmm. talk about manliness? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Something about this just feels like afterwards they're going to go cut the yard and eat some raw steak and gargle Jim beam. Yeah, I uh, I don't know what's going through Arn's mind right here, but I'm sure deep down in his soul, he's really concerned about being in here against Wahoo. <laughs> you want to guess what year or how old he was born? Uh, not how old he was born. How old he is right here? Because Arn Anderson, Ooh, we've talked about for a long time, looks like he's fucking born 40. You want to guess how old he is here? Uh, early 30s. 27. Oh, my God. Look at uh, him. Well. Of course, I should know that. He's just a little bit younger than me. 
Would you just look at him? He don't look 27. No. By the way, Wahoo here, 47. Mm. So Wahoo's old enough to be his goddamn dad. Yep. And his hands look like it too. Mm. Wahoo McDaniel has like, you've seen those big tomahawk steaks where it's a big ass steak. And then like this giant bone hanging out the end. Yeah. That's what Wahoo's hands kind of look like. Well, man's man, buddy. Absolute man's man. Boy, can I just tell you something that's just ridiculous? Please do. I'm almost embarrassed to tell you, but whenever I see Wahoo. Hold on. Stop. Stop. Bullshit. You've never been embarrassed to say anything. Ever. So I'm hanging out at a convention once. And they were honoring Wahoo. So some of Wahoo's family members are around. This is a postmortem. Yes. Wahoo passed away in 02. This is probably, uh, I don't know, five years ago. Okay. Maybe four years ago. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Wahoo's ex-wife is there. Mm. And I'm at a table with someone who used to know them back when. And that person says, boy, Wahoo liked what Rick liked. And I said, what does that mean? And that person said, oh, we went out on the boat with them once. And I'm like, yeah. And they said, oof, it was hanging out of both sides of her bathing suit. I'm like, wait a minute. Are we talking about, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the whole no hair, no flare thing. That was, I think Wahoo gave that Wahoo may have passed that down to him because it was, it looked like an animal was trying to escape. Mm -hmm. So now whenever I think of Wahoo, I think of two things. Well, I guess three, one running, you know, 20 miles to win a bet or whatever that stupid story was. Right. Two flair telling me once that he would drink a whole bottle of crown Royal and say, oh, there's so much sugar in this. I'm going to fuck myself up. Let me give myself some more insulin so I can finish this second bottle. I'm like, that's my kind of dude right there. I know I'm killing myself, but I really want to get fucked up. So let's try to counteract it a little bit, uh, which I guess is what I do when I put water with my vodka. And then, you know, number three, the old, uh, oh, we went on the boat with Wahoo. Wait, what? Yeah. Buckwheat and a fucking head scissor. Telling you, buddy, there was ever a man's man in this world. He's the one laying on the mat right now. I mean, I just don't even know. What would he do? He'd go down there by candlelight. Looks like an old fucking pirate looking at a treasure map and just, just to blow on it, find the seam. Like what's, what's, what's going on down there? I don't know what y'all were doing back then. I don't get it. So what did uh, his, uh, his wife reacted to all this? She wasn't there. Oh, I thought she was at the table. She left the table. Oh, someone said, okay. That lady mm-hmm. et cetera, has a et scroll in her pants, right? Kinda. Yeah. You know how Bozo the clown had nothing on the top, but then like just gobs of hair on the side. Yeah. Well, apparently she wore a bathing suit that looked somewhat like his singlet here. And boy, you knew Bozo was there. 
Okay. Hey, so I've, I've seen, uh, I'm seeing Wahoo and Old Navy here go at it. I'm thinking how many times and how many arenas across the mid Atlantic and Georgia did these two guys go at it? Jesus. By the way, I did a little research a minute ago before we started talking about, or you so crudely brought up Wahoo's wife's pubes. Um, hey, whoa, well, there's a shirt available at losrules.com, by the way, which is our official website. We have, we have, a, we have another one called boxofgimmicks.com and a shout out to Ryan Duff. Yeah. Who's doing such great work for us over there. But the shirt is called you a lie. And that shirt was made for Conrad. And that shirt is based on what we used to say in Craigsville when we would find this guy who did nothing but lie all the time, which is what Conrad has been doing a lot during the show. So Conrad, the shirts for you that comes in all sizes, it's called you a lie. And when you buy that for your favorite person during this Christmas holiday, or if in fact you buy gifts for Hanukkah or, or the holiday season, I might say, and you buy that shirt and your friend or loved one puts it on, think of Conrad when you get the shirt on Now, Conrad, what were you saying? I was saying that right now there is a four horseman hoodie over at boxagimmicks.com and even like a okay. Yeti tumbler. And there's even one with your Shivani face. Yeah. But maybe my favorite thing at boxagimmicks.com is the hoodie that says any bitch can get it. Uh, <laughs> my favorite bartender, Dre, he's been wearing it to work. He got wrote up twice already. Cassio kid wears it on vacation. Any bitch can get it. It looks like. Mm just regular iron on letters on a, on a hoodie, black hoodie, white letters. And, uh, well, it's going to up your street cred. Check it out. Box But what I was saying before I was so rudely interrupted and before we saw the Minnesota wrecking crew retain their titles, but you brought it up about Billy Jack Haynes and let's see the replay here. Give us a little call here, Tony. Tell us what we're seeing. Oh, well, McDaniel's got Arn in the corner. You see the referee, which is a very inexperienced referee. Watch out. Ole will reach through Arn, the leg, and Arn puts that ample belly down on the top of Wahoo, and Ole is holding the leg. My God, they stole the titles. But, hey, here's Johnny Weaver. Track it. Now we're going to take a 15-minute intermission. We're in the green. Can you imagine a 15-minute intermission? Now we're back here. Here's Johnny Weaver. And of course he's got, uh, <laughs> how would you describe the outfit that JJ Dillon is wearing? Uh, it would be spirit of 76 with a tux. Who was that country music singer who supposedly had the huge dong who dressed up crazy like this all the time. I don't know. Well, anyway, what's JJ saying here? Uh, a couple of things I want to say here, Johnny, uh, the man in front of me is a hell of a performer. But as most of us know, he has absolutely nothing between the ears. That's right. His head is full of shit, but he is a national heavyweight champion. And he took the belt off of another guy who is full of shit. And unfortunately, the other guy who's full of shit is still going to be involved in wrestling these days. And it just goes to show you that how behind the scenes wrestling can be full of shit. So Buddy Landell uh, right now, as you see, take a look at them arms, man. Take a look at the arms. I do know for a fact that buddy is going to, uh, on the, on the sly, uh, celebrate with uh, baby doll tonight. That's big K fape, but I do know that's going to happen. And, uh, buddy is also going to get so drugged out that he is going to sleep, uh, oversleep and not be able to show up next Saturday to do the show. 
Uh, uh, buddy, what, what do you got to say about that? I want to say a few things here right now, J.J. Dillon. I'm the real nature boy. That's right, the real nature boy. And maybe I take a few many drugs and maybe I have a few many beers and chase it down with some tequila. But the fact is, Ric Flair led his life like that, so why not me? The deal is, though, Flair would always get up, wake up the next day, and he would honor his bookings. Me, I really didn't give a fuck. But here, me and uh, Baby Doll are going to celebrate. Oh, that's a big kayfabe. Shouldn't say that. Going to celebrate later. And the funny thing is, Sam Houston thinks he's the only guy there. Ah! Uh, but this is the National Heavyweight Championship. As you can see, the belt is gold. You see the belt is kind of like the television championship, and we're out of time. Do you have that belt? No. I don't know. You know who has it? I do not. That was like the World Television Championship, only it was yellow lettering. Do you notice that? Instead of red. Yeah, but the world, I mean, the TV title looks so much better with the black and red as opposed to that, you know, gold and black. And here he is, ladies and gentlemen. Here we go, buddy. This right here, this is the real main event. Mm. Don't get me wrong. I know people are here to see Flair and Dusty. I know they're here to see the tag titles. Rock and rolls are over, baby. And 86 is going to be their year. But man, there was so much heat going into this Magnum TA Telly Blanchard match. Was there not? It was, it, it was the, to me, the most memorable thing of this entire show. To this day, it's the thing that people still talk about most. Yeah. No and doubt you know, about it. Flair and, and Dusty were much bigger stars, but when it's all said and done, even if this wasn't on last, it's the one that left a lasting impression. Telly was always concerned about wrestling Magnum as a shoot, because, uh, as, as Tully told me, he said, you know, Tully had had a great athletic background. He being as pretty much well-documented, a former football player, quarterback, West Texas state, as the story went. And I really think that's shoot, but Magnum basically wrestled and lifted weights. So he did not have the, I, I, I think overall athletic ability, Tully Blanchard had. So Tully would say, you know, he said, Terry lifts weights and, and wrestle. That's about all he's ever done. And sometimes he can be a little stiff in that ring. And that always kind of concerned Tully. But uh, Tully had the look, though, didn't he? Magnum had the look, too, man. Oh, man, they, they were both. that, And that's one of the things that, that led into this being such a great match. Now, let me ask you this. As you know, we recently did an I quit match in AEW. And as we are heading into promoting that match between, uh, John Moxley, and Eddie Kingston, uh, Jr. And I brought up our memories of I quit matches. And of course mine was here because I called this and Jr's was the one between Terry Funk and Ric Flair at the New York knockout. Can you compare the two, which one is better or is it? Unfair to compare the two. Both are great. I think it's probably unfair to compare the two, uh, because one's a cage match. And I think that dynamic changed a lot. I mean, you take out fence out- match. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Fence match. Okay. And I got to tell you, this is the first time I've seen a fence match. 
Um, anyway, anyway, back to back to your comparison. The, the I quit thing with with Flair Steamboat. They're all over Flair Funk. They're brawling all over the outside. I mean, it, containing it and the brutality by containing it with the with the quote unquote fence, I think adds a totally different dynamic. I think when yeah. it comes to all time cage matches, this has to be on the list. And I would even call it more of a cage match than an I quit match. But yeah, yeah. I mean, as far as an I quit match, this is still probably the gold standard. But when I, when I just automatically think of a, an I quit match, I do go to Flair Funk. And I don't know if yeah. it's because it was the world title or because it was more something that I was watching in 89. I mean, here as we're watching this show, it would have been four. So I didn't see this live. Sure. So it was just a different time in my life as far as fandom goes. I still think of that. I quit match first and then probably the submission match with Brett and Austin at WrestleMania 13. I mean, they're, they're not calling it an I quit match, but I mean, it's a submission match. It is. Well, one of the things that makes, and this is not, uh, I'm not disparaging either match, but one thing that fans, when they think of, I quit match, think of Terry and, and Rick is the fact that more eyes were on that match. Oh yeah. That was, on that TV. was the clash of the champions. Yeah. More people saw it than they saw this. So let's do a little callback, uh, for a moment. When I was talking about the guy who dressed up real crazy, but had the big hog, that's who JJ was trying to look like Porter Wagner. That's who I was thinking oh, of Porter Wagner. Got you. Uh, I didn't know Porter Wagner had a big hog. Apparently he had a legendary hog. I learned that on tales from the tour bus. Mm. Anyway. We talked a little bit about Billy Jack Haynes and when he was finishing up the best I could see his last Jim Crockett promotions show. I could be wrong on this, but I believe it happened in Richmond, Virginia, about a month later, December 27th, 1985. Mm-hmm. Uh, he uh, was in there with Nikita Koloff and that would be the last we would see of him there. He showed up for the WWF, believe it or not in Toronto on June 1st. Uh, so that w- there, he would get a win over, uh, Frank Marconi with the full Nelson, but he doesn't show up for like six months with Mm. the, uh, with the WWF. Well, after that show in Richmond, sometimes after that show in Richmond, he came to the office for interviews that day and everybody got their payoffs. Had a physical exchange. Yeah. Uh, as legend has it. Yeah. I don't know. Hey, I want to, I want to address something too, that, uh, you had talked about earlier that I, I think it's worth as we get to dusty and Rick to talk about, and that is, uh, announcers and the voice track in, in wrestling. Uh, now I, I don't, I don't watch any sports on TV anymore, nothing. And, but somebody brought up to me, asked me the other day about Joe Buck as an announcer. And I said, I like Joe Buck and I know Joe Buck it has a lot of has fans. He has a lot of detractors too. polarizing. Like, yeah. Polarizing. And it, it, that's all based on this. I, I talked to a friend of mine. He said, well, you know, you've always kind of liked the Yankees. He hates the Yankees. I said he does. I said, and that comes across on the air. So, oh, yeah. Well, Yankee fans feel that way. If you are a Braves fan, you probably think Joe Buck doesn't like the Braves. That's just, that's just the nature of the beast. That's your team. And he says something that he thinks is honest about the team. And all of a sudden you say, well, he doesn't like him. Uh, Lois Shivani is the worst when it comes to TV announcers. 
the worst. So anyway, uh, that's another story. So I said, I like Joe Buck. And why do you like Joe Buck? Because Joe Buck does not intrude on the action. Right. He holds back. And I'm only talking about the Joe Buck that I've listened to uh, doing NFL football, not baseball. Football. So Jimmy Crockett had told us, he said, we want the people in Greensboro who are watching the match from Atlanta and the people in Atlanta who are watching the match from Greensboro, watching the big screen of the people on all these different uh, satellite closed circuit locations to get the feel that this is an arena show. He said, so I want your commentary to be very laid back, very not, not, not existent, but different. And we did, we laid off a lot and uh, we just would say a few things and let the action speak for itself. And I like that. And to this day, I like that. And I understand why we do what we do now in wrestling. Uh, one of the things that turned me off baseball on TV on ESPN was the three or four announcers they would have would overanalyze every fucking thing. And of course I'm a baseball snob anyway. So, um, but anyway, when we get to Dusty and Ric Flair, you'll, you'll, we can, if we go, okay, we'll track it, listen to a cup thing. And you'll notice that we didn't over, over talk, so to speak. What a weird dynamic it is what we're watching right now. You know, not only is this a wrestling feud that, you know, I guess has baby doll in the middle. It's also for a title. It's in a fence. They're bleeding. They're using weapons. We got Earl Hebner as our referee. Mm. And years later, they're going to be married to the same woman and raise a daughter together. And mm -hmm. it's just, golly, life is funny, you know? Oh yeah. Magnum is still married to Tully's ex-wife for many, many years now. Yeah. And, uh, a number of years ago when I was in Charlotte, North Carolina, can't remember the time, but we had, they had a, uh, we were there, uh, facing the Charlotte Knights, the Gwinnett team, and they had a wrestling day where they had Tessa Blanchard come out and throw out the first pitch. And Tessa and I talked and she said to me, she said, did you see dad? And I stopped for a minute thinking she was talking about Tully but then realized she was talking about Magnum, which I had seen. So I paused for a second. I went, yeah, I talked to him. He was up there. She said, yeah, I, I know he'd be glad to see you. It was just weird that Tessa Blanchard was calling Magnum TA dad. Just Charles Robinson threw out the first pitch that day too. They had a notice how Tully cut his arm. That's different, isn't it? I think uh, Magnum did it for him. Yeah, it may have. And they, they cut away a few minutes ago because he grabbed the top of the arm. And by the way, it worked because my yeah. God, it looks like he's been in a war. Yeah. And look, look he's totally. looking for the pin out of instinct and realizes it's not that kind of match. Yeah. Just pulling Matt, uh, Magnum's hair up and pounding him back down. So let's use the cage again. Boom. Little the zip of the fence. Nicely, nicely done off oh, the fence. Sorry. Fence. The holidays are just around the corner. Got a quick question for you. Are you looking for a way to stay connected with your loved ones during the holidays this year? This is going to be a pretty challenging year due to all the social distancing and a lot of folks not wanting to travel right now. So here's the thing. 
if you're not able to be in person, skylight might be the perfect gift for you. If you're thinking to yourself, I want to give a gift that will make my mom or dad or grandmother or grandfather feel like they're right there with us during the holidays, boom, skylight to the rescue. And if you're not able to travel to them during this current situation, I really can't recommend the skylight frame enough. We haven't talked about this a lot on my shows, but uh, my mother-in-law recently moved from Denver to Charlotte, North Carolina. Well, of course, now during social distancing, you know, she wants to be near the grandkids and we're down here in Alabama. It's probably less than ideal. And we thought the skylight would be a home run. So this past weekend, we gifted my mother-in-law, one of these new skylight frames, and she absolutely loved it. Now here's the pro tip. What we did, we preloaded it with pictures, but all weekend she was getting updates in real time. Let me explain for a really special gift for the special people in your life. You really have to check out skylight frame. It's a photo frame that you can update instantly by email from anywhere. This is a perfect way to feel close to those that you really care about. Even when you have to be separated, I want to mention it sets up effortlessly in under 60 seconds. You just plug it in, use the touch screen to connect to your wireless network and enjoy sending photos to skylight is effortless. Everyone in the family can just email them to this personal skylight email address and they pop up in seconds. It's worth mentioning multiple people can send photos to the frame. So it's a great way to keep a whole network in place. So right now, of course, she can get pictures from all three of the grandkids and it's just so cool. It's a black and white frame or it's a black frame with a white mat. Excuse me. It looks like a real photo frame. It's going to look classy in your house, but man, this is special. As we mentioned, it's a 10 inch touchscreen. You can swipe through the photos with your finger, or you can even tap the photo to thank the person who sent you the photo. By the way, this is 100% satisfaction guaranteed. If you don't love your skylight, they'll offer you a full refund. And as I said, you can preload it with your favorite photos for a personalized gift. This has been a home run at my house. I can't recommend it enough, especially if you have grandparents or in-laws or whatever that live a, a, a good distance away from you, dude, I, I'm a hero at my house and it's because of skylight frame can't recommend it enough. And right now is a special offer. You can get $10 off your purchase of a skylight frame. When you go to skylightframe.com and enter the promo code, when that's right, you get $10 off your purchase of a skylight frame by just going to skylightframe.com and entering the promo code, when that's S K Y L I G H T F R A M E.com. And the promo code is when W H E N, you know, like what happened when what happened when you gave one of the best Christmas presents ever a skylight frame, go to skylightframe.com right now. Check out the promo code when, but they did both did a great job. And I asked them both about Tesla and they both did a great job of answering that. I think a lot of people, when we first announced that we were doing this, thought it was going to be, cause Tesla was doing really, really well for impact at the time. And mm-hmm. it was a lot of conversation about her and her future and what she was going to do. And I think they thought that we were going to try to do some sort of Maury Povich bullshit. Right. I'm not interested in that. I want to talk no. about this match. Let's track it here. He's beating him with the mic and you know, I love that. Get <laughs> 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 
Magnum T.A. completely defenseless. He's flat, flat out on the map. Unable to put up any defense against Tully Blanchard in this point. In comes the chair, and Tully's going to immediately break it on the canvas. It's the old school wooden chair, and wouldn't you know it, a perfectly shaped spike comes into play. And Tully, first of all, threw Earl Hebner down. Now he just kicks Earl in the stomach, and he's trying to put his fucking eye out. You want to talk about the drama? Let's track it. Mm-hmm. God, I love wrestling. Yeah, I'm telling you uh, a couple of things on that. Uh, I think you did notice how how much we kind of laid, laid out. out. Yeah, didn't Which need I, it. I, yeah, I mean, I loved b- it. because you laid out, dude. I had goosebumps. Yeah, I agree. My God, man! I know that we see a lot of silly stuff in wrestling, and people can make fun of wrestling, and Lord knows we do ourselves sometimes. But my God, when it's good, is there anything fucking better? No. When it's good, there's nothing better. And you notice, uh, Klondike bill there at the, yep. Opening the, the, the fence. Yeah. With the overalls on yep. <laughs> dude, what, a, what a finish, what a spectacle. Yeah. And, and boy, you got your work cut out for you trying to follow it. Thankfully we're, we're leaving now we're leaving Greensboro going back to Atlanta. We're going to see Jimmy valiant with big mama and Ron Garvin as miss Atlanta lively taking on Bobby Eaton and Dennis Condrick in a street fight. People said after the show was over, and I think they're right, that the best matches were in Greensboro that night, even though Atlanta had the main event, Dusty and Ric Flair. So that had the most, uh, talk about it. The best matches overall happened in Greensboro. Let's run through it. Greensboro got Crusher Khrushchev and Sam Houston, Ron Bass and Black Bart. Of course, JJ Dillon and Ron Bass, uh, Buddy Landale and Terry Taylor. Magnum TA and Tully Blanchard, the Rock and Roll Express versus the Russians in a fence match. 
Atlanta, meanwhile, had Manny and Abdullah and a Mexican hat on a pole match. Billy Graham and the Barbarian in an arm wrestling contest. Arn and Ole against Wahoo and Billy Jack. This match with Jimmy Valiant and Ron Garvin and Drag. And then Dusty Rhodes and Ric Flair. Yeah, I, I, I think Greensboro wins that. Process this for me. We, for years and years, have all bought into the narrative that WCW and the WWF and impact wrestling that these folks had done all the stupid shit that killed wrestling. And here right now we see the boogie woogie man coming out and clapping. Uh I mean, like he is a meth addicted paint contractor who just got paid and just made the pickup. And now he's headed down to happy hour. And in tow with him is what will be two years from now, the NWA world heavyweight champion in drag two years after this, you want to talk about something. Yeah. Imagine if two years afterwards, Katie Vick headlined WrestleMania as the world champion, but she didn't, you know, Yeah. she didn't, but Ron Garvin dressed up like a fucking woman here. Mm -hmm. And two years later. NWA world champion. And by the way, nothing wrong with dressing up like a woman. Stan, our producer on the show does it all the time. Not a big deal. However, this is a different time. And two years later, he's the NWA world champion. There's a lot to unpack here. Tony, I'll give you something else to unpack. I've dressed up like a woman too. Who hasn't? I lost a bet once. Okay. It was a Monday night football bet. It was with a local radio station. Who hasn't? We bet a whole list of games with a guy who would never, it was the first week of the NFL, but a guy who had never watched football and he beat me by one game. It was one of those fluke occurrences where there was a bunch of injuries and turnovers and crazy nonsense. Cause week one of the NFL can be like the wild west. Well, he beat me. So I had to go down to uh, lane Bryant mm. plus size fashion mm-hmm. and I uh, grabbed myself a skirt and, uh, Top. I got some clip on earrings and committed to the bit and wore some Vibram shoes and made my appearance at the bar. I was a good sport. Mm-hmm. And then donated those to, uh, the big girls at Goodwill. That's wonderful. That's a wonderful story. Conrad. I think I, I think I have a, a picture of me, uh, in drag that I can probably put on WSW Monday. I would love for everyone to see you as a woman. We we've known for a long time that you, that Lois had your balls, but we've Mm -hmm. yet to see you with the long hair and the lipstick. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, okay. We'll, we'll try to find it. I think I know where it is. Meanwhile, we, we've not talked about much, uh, Jimmy Valiant's shooting wife, big mama, Felicia, and the enormous bosoms. She had them things, son. It was amazing. She had them things. Jimmy Valiant, uh, so much in love with Big Mama, tattooed on his knuckles, on his fingers, on one hand. <gasps> Did you see the concrete bump that Bobby Eaton just took? No, I was looking at my hands. My God. Jimmy Valiant on the outside just slung Bobby Eaton by his hair, and Bobby Eaton did like a snapmare type bump. 
onto concrete and now he's just hopping up and walking around. Yeah. Somebody asked me, I don't know. Maybe you asked me or maybe you've already asked me already. No. Uh, where did I hear this? Here's age creeping up with you. Are you going to say any co- coherent words or sentences? Yes. Somebody asked me recently, is Arn Anderson the most underrated performer ever? No, it's Bobby Eaton. There you go. And I said, yeah, probably. And I talked to the fact that the, the, the line that you and I always talk about that had he been born earlier, he may have been an NWA champion, but yeah, no, Bobby Eaton is. How about Bobby Eaton's look here? First of all, he just punched a woman in the face. I didn't think we liked intergender matches, but here we are. Anyway, it's Ron Garvin and drag. Wait a minute. Stop it. You don't know that this is miss Atlanta lively. He pulled something out of his boot. Yeah. So he's got to cheat to beat a woman now. Yep. You know what that means? He's from fucking Huntsville. Why are you shitting on Huntsville? What Huntsville? Well, I mean, you know, you, you've been known for being like the Redstone Arsenal. Uh, well, Redstone Arsenal is where they manufacture nuclear weapons to murder the yeah, whole earth. That that's what I'm saying. So if you're going to do that, why not be known to punch out a woman? That's oh. the way you people are up there. That's just unfair. Not I know, and also known for uh, space shuttles and rockets and first family mortgage. What else? And Bobby Eaton, Bobby Eaton, Dave, Dave Silva's home. Jesus Christ. What's going on here? Pants off of missing. I don't think you're supposed ladies and gentlemen, don't ever yeah, tear a woman's pants off like this in public. No, my God, especially one that's dressed up so nicely as the soon to be world heavyweight champion. They're trying to dim the lights because they don't want his bits to fall out. He's committed to this, <laughs> by the way, he's wearing heels. Yeah. He doesn't have to wear heels. Maybe he just likes the way heels make his ass look. I don't know. Yeah. They there. I think I'd said this before. There was always talk. I think I said this when he knocked out Ric Flair in that date with precious that Ronnie always liked dressing up like this for some reason. Well, it's probably fun. I'm sure he's having fun in this match. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And it's been well established that you sometimes dance around the house, right out of the shower. You tuck yep. your Franken beans back between your legs, dance in front of the mirror, the wild horses, and then say, would you fuck me or fuck me? No, we, no, that's not true. But I, I, I can tell you this, that we have a uh, brand new front door here at the house. Oh, really? Yeah. Which is, uh, it's not a, a, a privacy door. It's one of those doors, with a lot of windows on it. Yeah. So I can no longer walk down the stairs after a shower naked and go talk to Lois in the kitchen. I have to walk down the back stairs now. Where's Jimmy Valiant and all this? Jimmy, Jimmy was really good at not doing much. <laughs> That's one thing got him a lot of heat too. You know, when Dusty first started booking, he loved Jimmy Valiant. But then I remember he said that Jimmy Vine just wanted to come out, do a couple of dances, do the elbow and go home. Turns out I was wrong. Well, I was talking to you earlier and I said, wild horses. Everybody knows it's actually goodbye horses. 
You've lost me here. I, I don't know what you're talking about. When you're dancing in front of the mirror. Oh, Jesus. Come on. Come on, Tony. This you're is about looking the, for shit now. This is when you tuck it. Yeah, you're looking for shit now. You got it tucked. The Frank, the beans, they're hidden. Still to come, the Rock and Roll Express against the Koloffs. And Dusty Rhodes and Ric Flair for the NWA world title, all a part of your Thanksgiving tradition, Starcade. I love you're trying to be serious when we've got Ron Garvin and Drag making a cover. <laughs> like what I'm wanted. doing is the silly shit. Yeah. <laughs> what I'm wanted. doing is the silly shit. Which is usually par for the course, as we say. They're going to take Jim Cornette's clothes off. And he's going to have hearts on his underwear. Why was that a rib? Like, why was that supposed to be the heat thing? Let's draw hearts on there. I, I don't know. I don't know what he needed. Some of those new manscaped boxer briefs. Yeah. There you go. The boogie Some boogie cord. man, baby. Next up, the tag team titles, man. 12 and a half minutes. Our main event's going to go by 22 minutes. So they're going to go 12 minutes with the Rock and Roll Express and the Koloffs? Yep. 12 minutes, 26 seconds, and a no time limit, no DQ steel fence match. All right. So we also got Magnum TA coming up. We probably should track. I want to hear what he has to say. If that's okay with you, I guess. Hope he's not saying I'm going to two men coming on you or something like that. I'm going to what? Is, you know, the famous Magnum TA interview. No. Oh, please. No, I swear, Tony. What are you talking about? I swear on my mother and, and he did an interview about Tully. Tully, I'm going to come on you. Like no man has come on. Oh, you've heard that. I, I swear. I haven't, but I'm going to look it up. Okay. I'm going to look it up as soon as we get done with this. All right. I guess you're wanting us to go ahead and start tracking because you're running out of yes. words now. Here we go. Johnny yes, go Weaver ahead. with our new United States heavyweight champion. Here we go. Let's track it. 85, the United States heavyweight championship now belongs to Magnum TA. My congratulations, Magnum. Belt's back where it belongs. Tully Blanchard, this should never have been in any kind of I quit match. That ain't wrestling. That's what it took to get back what was rightfully mine. But now things start all over again because now the United States heavyweight championship the most prestigious belt in the world, bar none, except the world's heavyweight championship, is back where it belongs. Tully Blanchard, you and I have done it all over the country. We've oh. wrestled this thing many, many times. I'm not putting it up in any closet anywhere. Anybody, Nikita Koloff, Buddy Landell, anybody out there, Arn Anderson, this belt right here is a fighting champion's belt. I've had the taste of it before. I just went through the battle of my life. I think I left a little something on me in that ring. Maybe something I'll never get back again. But I can assure anybody out there, anybody at all that has any aspirations of taking this away from me, you better think twice. Because the United States Heavyweight Championship belt and Magnum TA are going to be together for a long, long time. Anybody out there that thinks they can do something about it, put your name on the dotted line, brother. I'm not a hard man to find. I'm Magnum TA, United States Heavyweight Champion. Well, they've, pretty good. they've done it all over the country. 
He said, we've done Matt, uh, Tully Blanchard. Oh, yeah. We've done it all over the country. Mm-hmm. There was your line. Is- By the way, that promo you're talking about was from July of 85. I'm going to come on you. Like nobody's ever come on you before. I found the post on Reddit and the first comment that was voted to the top Magnum TA was always known as a real shooter. I love wrestling fans. July 27th, 1985 is, uh, when that promo, that promo happened. I almost played it, but yeah, we'll watch it another time. Okay. Coming to the ring uh, now, uh, so, some fake Russians. Satoata. I like I think, the red light, by the way. I, I, I think I, I may be wrong here. And I'm sure Nikita, you know, since he has gone into the ministry and has probably talked about this openly, you know, he, I, I mentioned earlier, he changed his name to Nikita S. Koloff. I think he did that not only because of the business, uh, but also because he didn't really care that much for his family that there were real problems within the family that he wanted to separate himself from it. I don't know if that's true or not, but you know, I, I mentioned that Nikita and I did do some riding around together, went to some towns together and talked. Uh, I drove him around a couple of times and, uh, as Arn Anderson said, of course you're driving him around. Nobody else likes him. Nobody else wants to ride with him. Um, but I think that was part of the, the thing. I liked how rock and roll express had, had the blue lights too coming in. It's a nice little change of pace. Yeah. Ricky and Robert were getting ready to really pop the territory. Cause I, I think it's 86 when they had their run with uh, midnight express. Wasn't it? Yep. That was their big run. So 86 is when they do the rock and roll express super summer sizzler tour, which I was on. I would hope so. Yep. No, I was, I was a chaperone me and Doug Dellinger chaperone mm-hmm. we were on the bus say anything fun on the bus uh no i know what you're getting at but no these were uh kids uh, young girls with their parents with their mom or their dad i wasn't insinuating anything sexual Get no yeah, you, you always insinuate that no i was talking oh, about oh yeah oh yeah you do we know you by now you are well known so don't try to cover up or change your personality now I meant drugs. A wrestler once told me there's a mountain in Peru missing because of Ricky Morton. I, uh, but anyway, it was a lot of fun. As a matter of fact, one of the young ladies, uh, who lives in, uh, Columbus, Ohio, a child, uh, is married with a family now. And, uh, we still, uh, we're friends on Facebook. Well, that's so cute, Tony. Yeah, no, I, I think it's pretty cool that back when she was like 12 or 13 or whatever, and we knew each other and Doug and I were chaperones on what was, I got to say, a, a really a fun tour. It really, really was. We had a great time and uh, it was just a lot of fun. It's just great that we can, I can still, you know, stay connected. What do you think of this match? You know, I, I think a few years ago, your boy, Steve Austin actually did a little watch along with this. He loves it. Calls it one of his favorite matches. Oh, um, especially a tag team cage match, which is a little unique. You didn't see that a lot, right? Usually for singles guys. 
what'd you think of this one? Is this one, one that stands out to you or is it just sort of a buffer between what we just saw and what we're about to see? Yeah. I don't remember it at all. Mm. And of course that's nothing new with me, right? No, no. not remembering. Well, but, that's the reason we're doing a watch along right now. Right. Well, but again, I remember the, uh, the Tully Magna match. And I remember the dusty flare match. No, what you remember, remember is a 13 year old girl you rode a bus with. No, see, I mean, that's again, what, that's what we're talking. I don't remember this match, but boy, okay. let me tell you about this sweet little 13 year old. That okay. Met. See, you're full of fucking shit. That's exactly what you just said, Tony. Okay. Repeating anyway, your own I, words. No, I was back talking about, I was talking about the super summer sizzler tour. What fun we had on the tour. With so the, anyway, with these underage I also remember, girls, I, Hey, I also remember buddy Landell and Terry Taylor. I remember that. Hey, let's talk about this being, uh, we've, we've, we've covered some other starcades, right? And so we've covered a lot of the, the way yeah. the WWF would counter program you. Now that started in 87 with the creation of survivor series. So 83, 84, 85, and 86 all exist without direct competition on closed circuit or pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. The next year, 87 is the first year that they are counter-programmed. It's the first year that the company moves Starcade from Greensboro. It's right after the Watts acquisition. Um, it's not good stuff. And we're going to watch it tomorrow with Jim Ross on grill and JR. We're doing a Starcade watch along tomorrow as well from 87. So be sure to watch that one. And we're going to talk a lot about the dynamics and how Vince was trying to really issue a death blow to, to Jim Crockett promotions. Yeah. It's known as a sabotage of Starcade. Well, it is. Well, yeah. anyway, I'm saying all that to say this on the 28th, the same day that you guys are running this show, Starcade 85. The WWF is running two shows on Thanksgiving, um, which is kind of hard to imagine. But at the time, the company is more, the WWF is more focused on the AWA. Allow me to explain. They ran Hartford and we had, uh, the Hart foundation taking on Lanny Poffo and Mr. Wrestling. Number two, Andre, the giant and King Kong Bundy. But in the main event, Hillbilly Jim and Tito Santana who's the intercontinental champion took on the tag champs, Greg, the hammer Valentine and Brutus beefcake in Hartford, Connecticut. Now that's not the big show. The big show is in Minneapolis and they're going head to head with the AWA in Minneapolis on Thanksgiving night. Mm. And on the card, we've got Hulk Hogan working with Randy Savage. Mr. T is there. Bobby Heenan is there. And then of course the last match that night is Paul Orndorff and Roddy Piper, a little bit of interference from Bob Orton jr. But it's just fascinating to me that even here, Thanksgiving night in wrestling had become a thing, right? Nationwide. Everybody was programmed to watch in or to tune into wrestling. All the territories had their big shows on Thanksgiving night. Well, the company, the WWF here, they're not focused on Jim Crockett. They're focused on the AWA. It's probably because they got a lot of their big talent from the AWA, like Hulk Hogan. So Hogan Savage in 85 years before the mega powers is happening in Minneapolis that night, just to fuck with Vern. They're not even really paying attention to you guys tearing it up down here. Remarkable to me. Yeah, I, I agree with all of that. And it just it, it, a snippet of, you know, just how vicious the wrestling wars have been through the years and they were, they were becoming, you know, at the time 
he had been in more of a feud with, with Vern and going back and forth. And, and famously, you know, Vern was trying to bribe people to break Hogan's leg and, you know, Hulkamania was born in the AWA and they're taking his ideas and taking them national and blah, blah, blah. So it's just fun to look back and think, well, this is before even the Crockett WWF feud is really a thing. By the way, in my research, this is totally random and I have no reason to even mention it, but the night after Thanksgiving, uh, that same Minneapolis crew would run Richfield, Ohio at the Coliseum sell out with 20,000 fans in attendance. And it's Hulk Hogan beating Jesse Ventura with a leg drop on top. Wow. And knowing what we know about those guys, that's, that would have been interesting to see. Yeah. Do you know, though, back then, and it, it kind of changed throughout the years, but back then, even, um, even when guys had a problem with each other, they, they were businessmen. Oh yeah. That. That obviously changed in the nineties, but back then it's not, Ooh, I'm not going very far. I'm in a rush. It's too uncomfortable. Sometimes I just forget. Don't kid yourself. There's no such thing as a good excuse for not buckling up. If you used any of these excuses or any others, you're putting yourself at risk of injury or death. In 2018, nearly 10,000 people were unbuckled when they were killed in crashes. That's 43% of people killed in motor vehicle crashes that were not wearing seatbelts. No matter what kind of vehicle you drive, wearing your seatbelt is the best defense in a crash. Even when you sit in the back seat, you still need to buckle up. That goes for when you ride in taxis or use ride-sharing services too. Cops are on the lookout and writing tickets, so why take the risk? Seatbelts save lives. Do the smart thing and buckle up every trip, day or night. Click it or ticket. The preceding announcement was paid for by NHTSA. And every time I bring up Oli's name, and I should have brought it up earlier, uh, I just wonder how he's doing. And I feel bad for not keeping up with him. Because we saw him this many years ago. He wasn't really doing well. Mm. Again, Again, you started and you didn't finish. Yeah. I I don't want to go into that story. Oh, well, you can't do that. We're friends. Yeah. Yeah. You can't start a story and not finish a story. We need to hear the finish of the story. Give us the finish. Well, no, uh, again, it just, uh, the, the, the things that guys put their bodies through Mm. for wrestling and, you know, I, I really, there's part of me that really bristles when I hear the word fake. Cause you know, guys have, they're really hurting. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we've documented well on this show about Hogan and the condition he's in right now, because of all the leg drops he did, it catches up with you. And especially guys who work the territories. Yeah. If you're a young wrestler, just go ahead and eliminate the leg drop from your repertoire. Yeah. Don't do that. As a matter of fact, and don't let Tony Schiavone give you any back shots because I have it on good authority back in the day. He was known to blow out some backs. He was the original spine buster. Craigsville, Virginia knows shout out to Craigsville, West Virginia. It's Virginia. And don't you start there. You stupid motherfucker. What are you? Are you from Mississippi? 
Yeah, my mom is actually. Thanks. Okay. Are you from Huntsville, Texas? I've been no. there. It's a great city. Okay. So from Craigsville, Virginia. We got a shirt, by the way. No, we don't. We don't? Yes, we do. We've got a shirt on Box of Gimmicks. It's terrible. It's helping raise money for Craigsville, Virginia. West Virginia. It's Virginia. Well, I sent the fucking check to West Virginia. Well, then I sent another check to the real town. <laughs> Somebody's gotten paid twice for that damn shirt. Those motherfuckers <sighs> in West Virginia better send me my money back. Yeah, boy, I'm sure they will. I'm sure they'll get right on that. How did you become a multimillionaire with stupid ideas like that one? I don't know. You're swimming in that sweet, sweet con money because of some of my stupid ideas. <laughs> well, yeah, I know. By the way, that, sh shout out to a dub for finally doing the, uh, the retro promo that I think first got Tony excited about bringing you in a W I loved that old mid Atlantic look that y'all did with the giant microphone and the funny background. It was great stuff, man. Really happy yeah. that you guys put that together. Yeah. It's, uh, I remember when, you know, gosh, it was probably 2017 when they were first talking about bringing back Starcade for the WWF. I'm like, let's just do one. And then let's do a silly, stupid one. And you got so excited about it. You didn't shave or do your hair or bathe or anything, uh, but it came together so nicely and people liked it so much. And one of the folks who saw it and liked it, Mr. Tony Khan. So when I put it over on social this past week, within minutes, I got a text from Tony saying, Hey man, I'm glad you liked that. Cause we both love that. I mean, you are nostalgia for us. Tony and I are the same age and. We grew up with you being sort of the soundtrack for our wrestling and to be able to, uh, sort of bring the old into the present. What's old is new again, man. It's fun. Yeah. The, the story behind that was Tony sent me a text and he said, I, I've got an idea to do old school interviews. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Ricky Starks and Cody were both, uh, in Atlanta. And we talked about, we're going to do it on a set. And then Steve, you, who's another genius, super, involved. super yeah. guy. Yeah. Just a gene, just like he and Chris McDonald, just geniuses. Uh, and Steve, you said, okay, we got, let's, uh, he said, let's put it on a, uh, on a green backdrop and we'll, we'll come up with an old school background. And I said, okay, we need two different backgrounds, two different colors, like in the Crockett days. And we pulled up an old interview with me and Jim Cornette on the orange background. And I, I told Steve, I said, we need the font to be exactly like the old font. And he came up with a font that looked exactly like the old font, you know, they were put in front of us. And then he came up with two different backgrounds and that's how it all came together. So, uh, well, yeah, it turned out I, real I cool, it's, it's not, it's not the last time you're going to see it. I have a feeling we're going to be seeing a lot more of those. Cause it's cool. Yeah. And Tony loved it. And well, he should, because, and not only that, uh, we had two very good interviews and goddamn Ricky Starks, <sighs> Ricky Starks and, uh, Sammy Guevara, buddy. And MJF fuck him though. Uh, super fuck him. Nobody even likes him. Yeah. But we're talking about really up and coming stars. Sammy is, uh, one of the nicest guys you could ever meet in real life, but yeah, God damn, does he know how to make himself a hateable motherfucker on TV or what? Oh, oh yeah. 
but MJF in real life, no kidding. Piece of yeah, shit. No, nobody likes him. Everybody hates him. Yeah. Everybody. As a matter of fact, I, I have a feeling that's why we see him a lot in, in Florida. Cause his parents don't even want to see him. No, uh, the rock and roll express just law. Lo- Holy shit. Rick's bleeding. Oh my God. He's pouring. Oh, uh, they just won with a roll up, but here comes the heat. Get the Russian change to a and Robert Gibson. I don't know why, but the way Robert Gibson sells when he's on his back with his legs, where he just kicks them out, Mm -hmm. just tickles me every time. (laughs) Some pretty good heat here. That's like the safe way today to do a doomsday device right there. Mm. Don Kernodal down selling as well. Oh God. The chain. That looks like Matt Coon trying to get out of my recliner. Is there nobody helping out? Oh, Denny Brown. Beat up Denny Brown's ass. And that's not Den- Denny tried to get in. I don't know who in that blue shirt. Denny gets in. Uh, looks like Cowboy Ron Bass has come in. Tiger Conway Jr. No, it's Rocky King, maybe. Some of the guys who worked on the earlier uh, matches. I don't know who who's that in the blue shirt running around. But either way, we got new tag team champions. How about that? They don't look like tag team champions right now, but here it is in the replay. Give us a call here, Tony. Okay. Rolls up. Looks like he had the tights, but he's got Ivan rolled up. Here's the one, two. Oh, we got new champions. We got new champions. <sighs> That's all I got in my older years. Here we are. Ladies and gentlemen, mm-hmm. we got plenty of time. They're going to go 22 minutes, but we've got gosh. Uh, 35 minutes left in the broadcast. We're going to hear from dusty on the other side. Look at this shot really dark in the crowd. People all over tripping, falling, skinning their knees. This is pre-litigation, but here he comes a I, shot. We've seen many times. Oh, they show this in every yeah. single package for dusty ever him getting ready. Smoke machines filling up. It's like a little firework there. A couple of flames. Loosening his hips, got the satin jacket like he likes it. I'm trying to, you know, we we had a name for basically uh, all of the f- the first four starcades: the flare for the gold, million dollar challenge, the gathering, night of the Skywalkers. Dusty came up with all those names. Shy Town Heat, Shy Town Heat, um, and then of course nothing can outdo Future Shock. What the fuck? Collision, anyway, uh, collision course collision. So, but he came up with the names and I'm trying to think of where the gathering, if, if I'm right, it has something to do. Dusty was a big fan of Westerns, cowboys and Indians. If I can use the word Indian anymore, I've already said midget. I'm sorry for saying that, but, uh, if I, he was, and I, there's something about the gathering. Here's a, a shot. We've seen a lot of too, a flare. Yeah, I got the the little strobe light effects. Here comes a little flame and then a little uh, pyro effect. So the gathering, I think, has something to do with some sort of Western theme. I don't, I don't know. Maybe not. Hey, Tony, uh, fucking yeah. fucking magnets. How do they work? Uh, well, one is negative and one is positive, and then they attract. 
the gathering is also the, the convention that the insane clown posse puts on. <laughs> That's the reason I said that. Oh, oh, gotcha. Gotcha. Hmm. Thanks for bringing that up. Get out of the shot. Boy, I, I tell you right now, Jackie Crockett is fucking livid that a camp, that a cameraman is in his shot. And this guy uh, letting Flair into the ring, not so sure who he his name, but he was always at at the shows in Atlanta. He and uh, Charlie McGowan, he was always kind of the second that helped guys in the ring. Charlie McGowan was always a timekeeper. And I, I go to see Charlie probably the table down to your left as this shot slowly widens out. Charlie's son, Scrappy McGowan, longtime uh, referee, like Charlie a lot. That robe that Rick is wearing, by the way, is a is the favorite of Dick Bourne of MidAtlanticGateway.com. He thinks of all the the Flair robes, that's probably the best one. Hmm. I would disagree, but I I understand why you would think less is more. Some of Flair's stuff was way over the top. This one not as much. I like this too. I like the white look. Uh, how about Dusty Rhodes did. trying to be the real common man? He's got a, a red knee pad, a black knee pad, a green elbow pad, mismatched boots. I like that. He's trying to be the epitome of the common man. Of course he pulls up in a fur coat and a convertible Mercedes with a solid gold Rolex, but whatever <laughs> he's the common man. Yep. This is the. This is the hard times match. Even's going to he's even is going to say it in his post game interview with me. His post match interview. Well, because the thing is, he's trying to get over that he's going to start the hard time blues, dusty roads, eighty five tour. Yeah. Which in these days, I know some people don't get the reference, but back then, you know, you didn't have all these other ancillary streams of income for licensing and things like that. So. Right. The way a band made a bunch of money is they sold a bunch of albums, but then most importantly, they went on tour. The big mm-hmm. money was in tours. And so, you know, if you were a big musical act in these days, you were on the road all the time and you called it the so-and-so tour and you had a tour shirt and graphic and album cover and blah, blah, blah. Well, so that's what Dusty's trying to do here is mimic pop culture and the hard time blues. Look at this strut, baby. This is a big moment. You got to appreciate, you know, we hadn't talked about the build we did last week. Hopefully you watched last week's show or you heard last week's show and you have a context of how we got here, but Flair's been a heel forever. And, uh, all of a sudden started to have some baby face style tendencies. And when they came and tried to put the beat down on him, they being the Russians, dusty roads came to come help make the save. Mm-hmm. Flair warned him not to do that. Don't stick your nose in my business. Well, when they started beating up on Flair again, he couldn't help himself. Dusty went to help. And then of course, here came the horseman. Ole and Arn Anderson are going to lock the cage and they're going to put hard times on the American dream. Dusty Rhodes, and put him on a shelf and put him out of action. Mm-hmm. So he can't feed his family. Can't pay his wages. He cuts the hard time, hard times promo and 
sells this event and here we are. And he's strutting baby after that flip flop and fly. And that's why the different boot, the left boot, the white boot was, is not his normal boot because that was the broken foot. It, this is a, we got to watch that show one day, but they did a whole segment on TV where they talk about how this boot will allow him to return to action. His right. career was supposed to be over, but not anymore. Yep. Not thanks to this particular boot, which offers additional support and allows him to perform. There were two doctors, orthopedic doctors in Atlanta. And one was very, very cautious about how he would say things. In other words, he would say a person who would have this type of injury, instead of saying dusty Rhodes has this injury cause he knew it wasn't. Yeah. The other doctor who worked with him was Dr. Sam Awita, who, who was, he and I were good friends. I don't know if they ever had Sam do anything, but Sam would go into full work mode, buddy. Yeah. Cause he yes, knew it's uh, just Mr. entertainment. Who gives a shit? Right. Exactly. He didn't give a shit. So I love the fucking doctors worried about his credibility. Yeah. I, um, uh, let me write this down, man. I haven't talked to Sam Awita in 20 in 20 years, maybe 25. Hey, while you're writing that down, cause you write down number two, find Conrad's fucking belt. Cause you do ahead and just, uh, we found down. your fucking belt. Well, where is it? You cocksuck. Go, go to Petco park in San Diego and, and either talk your way into it because you've been able to talk your way into all kinds of shit or break in in the middle of the night. Get, I, help, uh, help me understand. I don't know, get, get, get Stan to do it for you. Stan, Stan, are you listening? Get a baseball bat. Go. It's the, it's the off season. Go in the pet, go park, break the trophy case and get that fucking belt. So he'll shut the fuck up. Stan's held enough people up for belts. That's not the business he's in anymore. He's retired. He's no longer holding belts hostages. Well, anyway, I'm writing down Sam Alita's name right now. Get my fucking belt. Okay. Okay. So, okay. Once you promised to give me the belt, you didn't promise to tell Conrad. me where to commit a fucking B and E. By the well, way, we found out where the belt is. It ain't in the attic. Okay. Yeah. No shit. It ain't there. Thanks for all your help. Where were we here? Oh, we got a great match. Going Talking on. about how you fucking lied. No, we don't know. You a lie. You a lie. No, you know, I'm not a lie. No, you a lie. I'm a lazy prick. I just ain't going to the been well-established. You a lie. Hey, by the way, what, what song? Of course it's, it's ripped out here. What song did dusty come out to? Do you recall? Yeah. Uh, I, sure I know do. once upon a time he came out to stuff like you can't judge a book by its cover. No, this was Bob Seger, old time rock and roll. Okay. I thought it was a rock and roll song. Yeah. Because I, I remember he did that, but I thought didn't, um, didn't the rock and roll express come out to that too. Sometimes, um, what was their song? Wow. It wasn't Bob Seger. Um, I don't know what it was. So I did a little quick uh, cursory search of, uh, the gathering for Western shit. Yep. And it turns out that the year before they did start something called the gathering and, uh, it's called the cowboy poetry gathering started in Nevada where Western ranchers and cowboys would gather to share poems about their lives, working cattle so that would have predated just barely, uh, this one. Yeah. And we should mention too, you know, the gathering was also a band and an insane mm. clown posse convention. Uh, it's been a lot of things. 
All right. Well, he came up with that idea for some reason. I don't know. So it worked though. Yeah. It, I mean, listen, we all remember it. When, when you say Starcade 85, the gathering, you remember Dusty and flair in the I quit match. He got a lot of his inspiration from movies. Right. And there was a movie from 77 called the gathering. Oh, okay. And it was, uh, the, the gist was a dying father pulls his torn family together for a last Christmas. Ed Asner was the main character. How about that? Like even Starcade was, was a movie or a game deal, right? Like Starcade was a was a TV show from like '82. Uh, yeah, I'm not familiar with that, but uh, that doesn't doesn't surprise me. They played video games, and you know Dusty had a workaround though. Just add R to that motherfucker, right? Which is actually what we're gonna start doing. You know, we're as you see if you're watching the video show here. If Dusty taught us anything, it's that we add R to the motherfucker, and they can't do anything. We'll put a big R over the screen somewhere around here. Mm -hmm. stick it up your ass. <laughs> it's ours now. God damn it. We added the R stick it up your ass. By the way, if you're upset about what we're doing today, uh, gimmick attorney.com. If you'll send us some cease and desist, I've got a wobbly table out back. I could really level out. Go get them, buddy. Go get him. No, nah, we're good. Yeah, we're, uh, I'll just text Vince and say, I'm sorry. <laughs> Trendsetters. Wait, somebody just threw something in the ring. You notice that? Wow. I've always liked dusty trying to work a submission hold because it's not something that he would do often, but like when he would start working the leg. Yeah. You, you knew you're in for a long match. Yeah, you know, like, all right, this ain't gonna be an eight minute hitter here. Right. Exactly. Like legitimately, yeah. Flair's Flair's the heel. Why would he not be raking his eyes right now? Yeah, I don't know. Or punching him. Cause we're just uh kind of pacing ourselves here. Well, because he knows, hey, Dustin needs to catch his breath here. Right. So he's trying to do a uh, submission maneuver, but he's not really put a lot of thought into it. Just I'm gonna grapevine this between my legs here. Yeah. Another reason that Look at that though. Yeah. Before he does anything, he holds him, makes him beg off and he looks to the crowd. What should I do? What should I do? Remember how he hurt my leg? What should I do? Right. For the arena boy, this shit worked. Yeah. It's one of the things that there's so many intricacies of wrestling that yeah. made it, uh, that has made it just a wonderful thing to be a part of and to, and to watch as a fan. And we're seeing part of it. Now we're seeing two guys who in effect are teammates. Um, helping each other out, working out. It just, I just, I love it. What do you think of flare and purple here? Is that purple? Yeah, it's purple. That's purple. I, I don't mind it. Something the champion would wear. I, the, the white robe is had purple accents with it. So it all kind of blended together. It's very regal. Right. Hey, we should mention, uh, December 9th, we're going to be back at you with the uh, nitro from December 8th, 97, uh, sting is going to fall through the ring, uh, on December 16th, we're going to watch uh, the go home nitro for Starcade 98. 
That'll be December 21st uh, from 1998, but it's going to air on the 16th here. Uh, Christmas Eve's Eve, December 23rd, we're going to hit you up with Starcade 98. Of course, that's where we kill the Golden Goose and uh, end Goldberg streak. And then, of course, we'll finish out the year with another uh, Goldberg moment. Low light, if you will. December 30th, we're going to cover December 23rd, 99, when Goldberg punched a limo and Mm. nearly killed himself. So we're going to finish the year out with a little Goldberg nonsense here on what happened when. And don't forget to stay tuned at the end of the show. We've got a major announcement about the Mm. future of uh, what happened Mm. when. Of course, we've already announced that we do have a new contract extension from Westwood One, so high five for that. Uh, But... The show is uh making a change. Yeah. It's changed before. You know? Yeah, I know. Some folks aren't gonna like it, gonna be upset about it. Some folks have suggested it. So we're gonna really alienate the audience here in just a few moments. Well, thanks to Jackoffs on Twitter, you can alienate anybody you want. Sure. By the way, if you are on Twitter. And you are a jack off. You already know you are. That should be a hashtag Twitter jack off. You think so? What are you thinking of the match so far? Slow prodding. Blair talking. I think, you know, as far as rivals. Storyline wise, promo wise, Dusty was probably Flair's best rival. But once the bell rang, it had to be Ricky Steamboat, right? Oh yeah. Steamboat Steamboat gave him a much better match. Steamboat was a much better in ring performer than Dusty, but Dusty was the guy who knew how to draw him in, talk him into the yeah. building, sell the seats. And not only that, Dusty also knew how to do things in the ring that would get the fans going with him, like looking up about the, the foot. Should I break the foot? Right. Here's a famous Ric Flair thing. How about the, uh, Winston cigarettes? I noticed the that billboard in the background. How great is that? That's tremendous. There's a lot of great photos from this that appear this particular match that appeared in the magazines over the years, like pro wrestling illustrated. And some of those popped up in more recent years. And I've even had. Some of the photos from this as like the, uh, the wallpaper on my studio computer here, really some classic iconic shots. Dusty sound the leg now after being, uh, shoved off that time. So here we go. Change the complexion of the match. Blair goes right to the leg. He's going to, oh my God, put the pressure on Dusty kicks it away. like we should remind everybody uh flair won the belt the very first time from dusty Rhodes in kansas city kansas luthaz mm-hmm. was the special referee september 17th 1981 that one's almost forgotten the uh they did the whole midnight rider thing in 82 they did the whole jack vadino deal in the dominican republic they did it again with carlos cologne they did it again with Victor Jovica in Trinidad. And ultimately he loses the belt back, uh, to Harley race in 83. But when he won 
at Starcade 83, Flare for the Gold, that is really when the Flare run begins. But of course, famously, he would drop it in New Zealand and win it right back in Singapore, but nobody really acknowledges those. The next big sort of passing of the torch was to carry Von Erich at the uh, Memorial Parade of Champions at Texas Stadium in May of 84. Uh, but he, lo- he lost the belt here tonight, but it's not acknowledged. It is maybe the first big time prime time example of a main event world title dusty finish, if you will, for Jim yeah. Crockett promotions where people leave the arena that night and we're even doing promos afterwards with him with the belt, but it doesn't, it doesn't stick in hindsight. Do you think that was the right call? I mean, business is going to be on fire for 86. So it's kind of hard to poke holes in it, but what do you think of the decision to make it look like a switch, but not really? I didn't like it at all. I really didn't. And it's hard to say that it hurt things because again, 86 was so tremendous. Right. So who am I to, to say, I just can tell you, I didn't like it. And, and one of the reasons I didn't like it was. I mean, it, it, until uh, Tommy Young got on TV, on TBS, and talked to me about it, I didn't know. It is a, it is a fun moment to see Dusty celebrating after. How about just falling on in there? Really slow to make the count. Let's mention. Here's the story. Um, After exchanging attacks, Rhodes performed a clothesline, pulled Flair into the referee, knocking him outside the ring. Uh, Rhodes applied the figure four leg lock as Ole and Arn Anderson came down to interfere. Rhodes kicked Arn out, but Ole performed a high knee to Rhodes from behind. A new referee came down to officiate as Flair picked up Rhodes, and Rhodes pinned him with an inside cradle to win the match and the title. But here's the controversy, and you're going to see that in a moment. But the controversy is after Starcade. Dusty Rhodes victories reversed by referee Tommy Young. The outcome of the match was changed to Rhodes winning by DQ due to interference from Arn Anderson, and Ric Flair remains the world champion. And of course, officially, two months later, they would start calling themselves the Four Horsemen. So while they've been aligned and maybe referred to themselves in a promo in November, it's not until two months later in January where they really are a stable. And uh, they're off to the races you know, Flair versus or dusty versus the horseman for all of 86. So I guess the screw job finish here was a catalyst for business being gigantic in 86, but maybe this would be a storytelling crutch or storytelling device that became a crutch for dusty, this dusty finish as it's been nicknamed where you think you see something and then they just undo it. Yeah. Do you think they did it too much? Yeah. The, the one that, that completely blew me away was, uh, Tokyo egg dome against a uh, flare and Fujinami. When Fujinami beating and flare returned with the title. Cause I remember asking dusty, I said, how, how are we doing this? How is after, because that, you know, it, JR and I went there and called the action. Right. How, how are we uh, 
showing that he got pinned, but the next thing we see, Flair is still the champion. And Dusty almost said something to the effect of, and I'm not going to remember the exact words, but I remember how it came across to me. Something to the effect was, he's coming back to the States with the title. They need to try to figure that out on their own. In other words, they being the NWA. I didn't get it. Well, and I don't, I don't know what the upshot of was of that, but to me, that was, that was the worst quote unquote dusty finish. If that it could be called a dusty finish. I don't know, but in a way it was, you see a guy get his hand raised, but he doesn't end up with the belt the next day. Well, how about this tomorrow? Jim Ross and I are going to watch Starcade 87. And we, we think we see the road warriors win the tag titles in Chicago, their kayfabe hometown from Arn and Tully. Mm-hmm. They leave with the belts, but right. it's overturned. It didn't happen. Yeah. Again, too much of that, right? It works once in a while. But then you start to wonder, should I even get excited about this or will it be undone tomorrow? Right. right. Exactly. And, and there's the rub, man. There you see, you said it right. Should I get excited about this? It's going to change tomorrow. Why, why should I? And we know that's been your attitude for a long, long time, which is why you've been Shivaniing everything. I know that don't, I don't Shivani things anymore. Really? No, I don't. I don't Google. I don't laugh. I don't listen to music. I don't, I don't enjoy humor. I enjoy humor. Oh, okay. I feel like I you- love Bill Burr. I love, Ugh. Um, what about real comedians like Corey Ryan Forrester, Cassio Kid, Shuli Agar? What about those? What about Ron fucking Funches? Okay, Ron Funches, I love. Hey, here's the but deal: those other too. three, those other three little miserable pricks. No, can you just admit that you're gay for Ron Funches? I'm just gay saying, for Ron. I, 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 nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying, every, every time I put over Ron, you cosign real fast, and I wonder. Yeah, I do. If, because Ron, number one's a friend. Number two's a great guy. And number three is just a, a very good comedian. No, I'll tell the truth. Your daughter's low key obsessed with Ron. You're trying to get, oh, him she loves graces. Absolutely. Why don't you just Absolutely. text Ron and say, well, you'd be nice to my daughter. And he will, he's a nice guy. Yeah. Well, he was, I told you what he did. He FaceTimed her on her birthday. And, and yet, and, and yet you act like Corey Ryan Forrester wouldn't do that. He'd cut a promo for as the buttercream dream. Yeah, he sure would. And then Laurie would say, who the fuck is he? Well, that's fair. A cream dream. How crazy is it to be just changing the channels and there's our pal Ron Funches on TV? Something else, man. It's like, wow, we know like a real life celebrity. Mm-hmm. Hey, by Here the way, go. did we talk about the fact that he got married? Uh, we did during the pandemic. Yeah. Styling and profiling, too, by the way. Here, here comes your finish, uh, the, the clothesline, right? And he puts him on top of Tommy. Tommy is down and Tommy really selling this. I think Tommy's going to get bumped again. Yeah, it's going to be knocked on the outside. Tries to get himself up, and there you go. That's it for Tommy. And uh, you want to track here? He went out the hard way. Here we go. Yeah. The referee is down. Out of the ring, down on the floor. The referee can't even tell what's going on in the ring. He can't even see it. Dusty trying to get the figure four on. Tommy is really out of it down there. How about they're putting a spotlight on Tommy and some fan just threw trash at him? Yeah. Right, let's go back to tracking. Oh, toe to toe. Figure four. 
came charging into the ring after Dusty Rhodes. That's Ole Anderson now in the ring. Ole! Ole caught Dusty. Was that the weakest fucking high knee you ever saw? Yeah. Now, what happened? Here comes uh, Gene Liganani. Here we go. One, two, False finish. Tommy's going to say afterwards that, and they really didn't get a good shot of that. This is it. it. Here we go. Track it. them doing their best to carry him that's so great mm-hmm. to pick him up so so tommy there's billy jack there's pistol pez uh unfortunately uh the italian stallion got in there too but tommy would say and we would talk about it, and they really didn't get a good shot of it they had the spotlight on him when arn came in he raises up does tommy and he looks in the ring and he sees arn and he goes to the ring to make the disqualification but he gets bumped again so here's Arn. He had Tommy is reaching, and the Arn hits him again. See, Tommy was reaching to go in the ring to make the DQ, and this is what Tommy told me afterwards. And that's why he said, "I was the referee. I was signaling for the disqualification, but Arn rolled on top of me. I could never do it." And in my mind, since I am the referee, I know it's in the archives somewhere. I'm in our archives, but I'm sure it's on the network somewhere. That I was. Since I'm the referee, Dusty gets disqualified or Ric Flair gets disqualified. Dusty wins by disqualification. And unfortunately, everyone, the title cannot switch hands on a disqualification. It's not the best inside cradle we ever saw, but hey, I won a world title. And we also heard you tear your headset off. Really? You heard it hit the floor there. Okay, because I'm I'm going to go talk to Dusty. I think here. that's exactly right. You got to get backstage and talk to the American Dream, baby. Actually, I was already backstage, but I think I was. Uh, here we go. On track this. Here we go. Here, congratulations, Dusty Rhodes. He is a new world heavyweight champion. That is going to live in wrestling history. Congratulations. It was a long road back for this man, the American dream, Dusty Rhodes, and deservedly enjoying this moment. Billy Jack Haynes is here. Deservedly enjoying this moment. Dusty? We got it, Daddy. Let me tell you something. We got it. Way back when Dusty Rhodes said this was for the textile workers, auto workers, car workers, all the blue-collar people across this country, this great land. The American dream came back from the bottom and is now world's heavyweight champion, and I'm going to be that way for a long time. My man, Chief, we here, Daddy. Nobody can beat the people. Nobody can beat the world. And nobody can beat the American dream. Yeah. Okay. Right, a new 
the new world heavyweight champion is the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. And Bob, it was a night, like we said at the top of uh, Starcade 85, a night that wrestling fans will never forget. And what a way to climax the night. As we said, wrestling history made tonight, Tony, and it certainly was. Look at the champions, the new champions that we crowned during Starcade 85. We had a new Mid-Atlantic heavyweight champion, a new national heavyweight champion, new world tag team champion, U.S. heavyweight champion, but to top it all off, Dusty Rhodes is the new NWA world heavyweight champion. Hey, and that's the third time around, you know, and maybe, maybe the third time around is going to mean that he's going to hold on to it for a long, long time to come. I think so also. And you know, Bob, Starcade 85, the gathering, what an event. Tony, it certainly was that. And all you wrestling fans all around the country, Starcade 85, the gathering, this tremendous event, brought to you by Jim Crockett Promotions, who this year marked their 50th anniversary. 50 years ago, Jim Crockett Sr. started Jim Crockett Promotions. And you, the fans, have certainly helped to make what it is today. So a round of appreciation to all of you wrestling fans who have made Jim Crockett Promotions what it is. And, Tony, I guess at this point we can just say, hey, see you at Starcade 86. Starcade 86. It, it seems like a long way away, but I know right now one moment that is going to live in my mind for history is when that Dusty Rhodes rolled up Nature Boy Ric Flair and pinned him. He is a world heavyweight champion. We will see you at Starcade 86. Were you wearing a fucking short sleeve shirt underneath that jacket? No. <clears throat> but notice how... Bob and I were jockeying to grab the mic. Yeah. And what I liked is when he came up, you just showed him all the respect in the world. Just handed him the whole mic. Just here you right. go. You're Bob Cottle. I'm a slap deck from Craigsville, West Virginia. Yeah. Here's your microphone. Don't think that that whole thing was not lost on me. That whole night being able to work with him. I mean, it he was. is the voice of your childhood. Yes. You know, he you is. grew up watching wrestling with him. So the way we look at you fans look at Bob Cottle and that's just super cool to see you guys working together and. It's sort of sweet at the end, you know, this is before there's 19 different directors and all these pre-tapes and all the high production value. And, uh, it's just a different ball game. So you see handwritten notes, you know, stapled together, uh, on a printout there and, and Bob's trying to squeak it out and put a little polish on as he wraps up. It was just a, a little sweet cap of a night. And unfortunately, uh, the good vibes and the good feeling of, oh, we've got an NWA world champion in dusty roads is, is not going to last, but this was fun, man. I loved going back and watching Starcade 85 with you. Thanks for making time with us today to do this. It was, it was great. It was great. Uh, great to go back and, me- and remember some of this and what we're watching now, a lot of still shots and a lot of replays that was done by a man named Wayne Daniel. He had, he had nothing fancy in the truck to work with, just a couple of tape machines. But he, he would build this as the show would go along. And Wayne was, uh, well, he was paying the ass, as m- many people are in wrestling, but he was. Uh, to do this in really, real time back then, that was a big ask. Yeah. Uh, but he was very, very talented, really was, and could do that stuff. Wayne Daniel. Boys and girls, that's going to, uh, bring our Thanksgiving tradition to a close. We've been promising you uh, a big announcement about the future of what happened when, and Tony, we've, uh, we've kicked this around, we've beat it up and we've, we've come to a consensus, which is something we, we rarely do. Um, but we've made some decisions about the direction of the show and I'm pretty excited about it. I don't know how excited 
everybody else is going to be, I know this is going to be something that's going to be polarizing. Um, anything you want to say about this before we get going? Uh, only that it's going to, uh, bring back some great memories. We're, uh, we're doing a little bit of a shift. If you've been with us since the very beginning, uh, you know, that, um, we started sort of just copying the something to wrestle format, if you will. And, uh, eventually we got to a Steve Austin episode where Tony frankly said, I don't remember for three hours. And I thought we've got to pivot and we're going to move to a watch along format. And boy, we've had a lot of fun watching a lot of silly stuff over the years, but I've decided in honor of 2021, we need to do something pretty cool, pretty special. And we're going to go back for all of 2021 and do a pivot. And this is the last year of our Westwood one contract. Uh, who knows what we will be doing in 2022, if anything, uh, but if we're going to go out, let's go out with a bang and let's do the entire year of 1986. So week by week next year in 2021, we're going to watch world championship wrestling, Jim Crockett promotions in order every single episode that's on the network along the way, we're going to do bonus episodes for mid Atlantic championship wrestling, which is also on the network. But our hope is that we will cover 1986 and Jim Crockett promotions and mid Atlantic championship wrestling. Like nobody ever has before with someone who was actually there, Mr. Tony Schiavone. So if you were tuning into this show, hoping that we're going to cover some more ECW or some more silly WCW, we're gonna have to wait because that's not unfortunately going to happen next year. Uh, we will still, of course, continue the Thanksgiving day tradition. We're going to cover, of course, Starcade 86 next year. We will sneak in and ask Tony anything at the uh, end of the year and maybe sometime in September, but the rest of the year with one exception of a bonus episode that I won't uh, spoil just yet is all world championship wrestling and mid Atlantic championship wrestling from 1986. Tony, what do you think about this idea? Well, it's, uh, I had mixed emotions about it because there's a lot of other good stuff out there that I really enjoy covering, but because I lived it and because it was such a great year in my life and because it was a, such a great year for Jim Crockett promotions. And it was, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm I'm sure it's going to bring back some memories. And, uh, I think if we, I know it's in here somewhere. There's a world championship wrestling studio show that Matt Shivani and Laurie Shivani and Chris Shivani and Lois were with me. And you could see them in the, in the, uh, in the audience. Mm. There's a couple of good shots of them there. And as I do an on camera, Laurie walks right up to me. Now you don't see her, but you could see that I'm very uncomfortable that my daughter is toddling right up to me. So that's one thing I remember about 86 and, uh, the super summer sizzler tour that we talked about earlier. The Rock and Roll Express, mm -hmm. Night of the Skywalkers, kind of, you know, that's a, a year from now. Um, the R Midnight Express and Rock and Roll Express and that great run that they had where 
They sold out the Charlotte Coliseum like three or four straight times. They would just pack them in there. Uh, the 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 wreck, the uh, the accident to, that took Magnum TA out of wrestling. How we handled that. Nikita becoming a babyface, which was a pretty spectacular moment. So yeah, a lot a lot of good things. A lot of good things that we're going to cover, and we'll go back in memory and watch together. And again, uh, uh, studio shows are not the best. If you're looking for wrestling action compared to the the shows today, I, I think I, I I echo what Tully Blanchard had recently told me. How he said, "Remember back when our our TV shows were just infomercials to get you into the arena?" I went, "Yeah." He said, "It's not like that anymore. Our TV shows are TV shows to bring you back next week and watch the TV show again." And so we're going to be looking at shows that try to get you in the arena more than they try to get you to watch TV shows. But again, back in that time in 1986, the thing that drove Jim Crockett promotions, the thing that made, and of course, great American bash as well. The, the stadium shows in 86, it was a great year. Uh, the thing that drove Jim Crockett promotions and drove wrestling to me were the promos. So we're going to hear a lot of good interviews, a lot of good ones. You mentioned that, uh, at the end of this year, Oh, they're going to form the four horsemen mm -hmm. and we'll see the four horsemen together for the first time. So it's cool. A lot of good stuff. The whole crazy run of the rock and roll express and the four horsemen. And just what a phenomenal year 1986 was. I mean, certainly the best year in Jim Crockett promotions. And, uh, we're coming up on the 35 year anniversary and we're going to pay special tribute to it for the entire year next year. Uh, of course you can still get all these shows early and ad free now with video. Uh, over at adfreeshows.com and of course, patreon.com forward slash WHW Monday. And don't forget, we've still got some fun silliness before 2021 gets here, including the worst pay-per-view of all time. Uh, you don't want to miss it. Uh, it's going to be a fun time. Uh, until next time he is at Tony Shivani. I am at, Hey, Hey, it's Conrad and Tony. It looks like it's about that time. Yes. And now ladies and gentlemen, for our main event, it is going to be Dave Silva against Stan Morris. That's exactly right. And Dave Silva, who not only is the WHW world champion, but he is the world champion of the belly bump as well. And my God, he has bumped Stan Morris down. Stan falls down, rolls out of the ring, and hits our special referee, which is Cassio Kidd. Cassio Kidd raises up. It looks like he's going to try to disqualify Dave Silva, but Dave Silva is going to roll on top of Cassio Kidd and finally crush him and end the run of horrible comedy shows around the world, especially in the Southeast. For Conrad Thompson, I'm Tony Schiavone. This is what happened when we come to you Wednesdays on Westwood One and Mondays we are on Patron. Patreon.com forward slash WHW Monday and of course, adfreeshows.com The most hated jeweler in America is excited to introduce you to someone very special. She's beautiful, classy, and she's brilliant. She will dazzle you. People can't stop staring at her. Meet Krista. She is easy. Wait, what did I just say? Yes, yeah, she's easy. Krista is Steven Singer's most loved engagement ring and takes the stress and guesswork out of finding the perfect ring. A bright white, 100% eye-flawless, near-colorless, high-quality, round-brilliant cut diamond, expertly set into a classic solitaire Tiffany setting that will withstand the tests of time. Krista is available 
She's ready for love and ready to meet you. Steven Singer isn't in the jewelry business. He's in the love business. This magnificent, full, one-carat, round, brilliant-cut diamond is only $31.98. Real jewelry doesn't have to be expensive. Plus, free shipping and 12 months interest-free financing. Steven's showroom is open by appointment only, or go now to IHateStevenSinger.com and click on the Krista Ready for Love engagement ring. Steven Singer Jewelers, real jewelry, real experts for your real love. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. This week, a lot of us are going to get our holiday shopping start, but why don't you treat yourself to the ultimate wrestling gift this holiday season? Starting midnight Thursday through this Monday, you can sign up for a full year's membership to adfreeshows.com at a 10% discount. Plus get an exclusive comic book of your favorite superhero podcast host. This comic book can't be bought anywhere else. The only way to get it is to become an annual member of adfreeshows.com this weekend, sign up or upgrade this weekend at adfreeshows.com. The Ed Milet Show showcases the greatest peak performers sharing their journey, knowledge, and thought leadership. This is one of the all-time best pieces of advice ever given on the show. Actor Rain Wilson. The number one thing that psychologists point to with young people of why they are struggling so much in this mental health epidemic is they don't have resilience. So how do you build resilience if you don't understand suffering itself? The Ed Milet Show is available on YouTube or wherever you listen. 